nine o'clock on a Saturday. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Eric Ostrowski. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. Hey, morning everybody. Mike Murphy here, Fred Hubner. They're busy, busy day. And loaded up, Fred, we got to put in a three-pound bag yeah, today. These, these last couple days are my kind of days. High in the <laughs> upper 70s. Yep. Gorgeous days. Today's supposed to be another one. See what happens on the north side with the uh, the Cubs and the Nationals. White Sox win again. Yohan Moncada for the second night in a row. Two for four with a homer and a double. So, yeah, good things happening right now. Busy day. Uh, let's see. We got, hey, our old pal Danny Evans is going to join us in a few minutes. Very cool. A longtime baseball insider, executive, Chicago guy. Uh, the little guy said, I need a day off. I can't take you until you wear me. Uh, Mark Gonzalez, Gonzo, at 10 o'clock today on the beat there for the Cubs from the Tribune. And we'll try to go down on the farm. Lots happening with both the Cubs and Sox AAA teams. So miss a little, miss a lot. Uh, also, some great Twitter polls. I do believe, if I could say so myself. Yeah, you should say so. Yeah. You wrote them. Hey, why not? Last night, before before napping, before going to bed for the couple <laughs> oh. hours, before after all the games were over. Just a quick aside right here. If the season ended today, based, and I know people hate that phrase, but if the season ended today, it'd be the Cubs and the Washington Nationals in a one-and-done wildcard game. And that doesn't sound like something you want to be involved in. No. Washington right now, number one in the wild card. They got a two-game lead over the uh, Cubs. And as you all probably remember, two teams make it out of the wild card. We'll cover all that. But let's bring in Eric Ostrowski. E-O-E-11. E-O-11. Let's take a look at the uh, Twitter polls. Uh, what do we have right now for our Eric do me a favor, then. Uh, number two, give that one out to us and vote early now at ESPN 1000. What's number two today, there? Do baseball GMs feel managers are still needed? Yes or no? <laughs> Wait a minute now. That makes no sense. Wait, I wrote it. Tell that me to me. That doesn't make any sense, Murph. Uh-huh. Give, give me that again, please. Do baseball GMs feel managers are still needed? Yes or no? Well, it seems like a pretty basic a little uh, question there. There's no maybe or I'm not sure or probably. It's cut and dried. Do baseball bosses, the big bosses, president, GM, those titles are all intertwined. Who knows who's what? But do the baseball bosses still feel that managers are needed? Yes or no? Let's go to uh, number one, uh, EO11. That was for our Cub fans, I believe, right? That is correct. Would you like to, quote, reverse the menu? Oh, oh, I like that. Reverse the menu. I put it in quotes. I bet you didn't put the no, quotes I did, in. No, oh, it was a little quote. Thank that you. Oh, all right, I'll start over. I'm sorry to interrupt You're good. You. Would you like to, quote, reverse the menu and extend Joe Madden two more years yeah. and pay off Theo's final two remaining years to leave? I like that one. I'll you take, wrote it. I'll take credit for that one. <laughs> Your options are love it, yeah. no way, no. keep both, yeah. fire both. Oh. So let's, fire both. Ooh. Let, well, let's, That's an interesting concept. Let's distill this down. Cup fans, vote now at ESPN 1000. Would you like to reverse the menu and uh, ex- extend Joe Madden two more years? Uh-huh. 
and get rid of Theo. He's got two years left. Pay him off. Bye-bye. Go back to Boston. Here's your $20 million you got coming. And for White Sox fans, number three, Eric, what do we have number three there? Number three is, how do you feel today about the rebuild? Is this multiple choice? I can't remember what I wrote. Optimistic, disillusioned, or panicky? All right. Give me that again. I have to digest that. White Sox fans, how do you feel today, today about the rebuild? Optimistic, disillusioned, or panicky? All right. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Danny Evans will join us. And maybe Danny like to uh, jump in on some of the Twitter poll. Uh, Fred, do, do, the, do you still need a manager? Now, this is right up your alley. Well, you need somebody. Well, I got to take yeah. my hat off. You've been consistent. For about, I'm the only guy. I'm on an island by myself. I'm like, I'm like Tom Hanks. You're on the island. Yeah, the right field bleachers. The only guy I'm talking to is Wilson, the volleyball. Uh, but yeah, for years and years, uh-huh. I've said managers are, are highly overrated. Right. You don't win games because of managers. Mm-hmm. You win games because of players. And uh, you lose games maybe because of the manager and the way he runs a bullpen or things like yeah. that. Uh, but last year, you saw Aaron Boone comes in. You saw uh, Alex Cora comes in. Alex Cora, they win a World Series. Alex Cora, great manager. Well, he had some pretty good talent. So up until today, has anyone ever agreed with you on this? Almost nobody. <laughs> Almost nobody. Right. Yeah. But you know what? You stick by your guns. I, I just... You know, that's no. why when people ask, should the White Sox, would the White Sox want Joe Madden? I don't know why. But that's why I said up until today. Has anyone agreed with you? Uh, I've never heard it. But I don't know. Uh, right. Maybe a person here and a person there. Guys that think I know what I'm talking about. All right. So let's look back at the Twitter poll question. Baseball general managers, do they feel that field managers, you know, Guy in the dugout, are they still needed? Yes or no? I'm starting to come around, not necessarily totally your right. way, right. but these guys like Theo and these guys, all the GMs, you know what? The day's coming. I don't know when. Five years, two years, ten years, there's going to be no manager. What there will be, now you said there's got to be someone. There's got to be someone no, no, make, no. make pitching changes. Well, and yeah. Not make the lineups because basically Ivy or not even the pitching change makes them. See, not here. Here's what I see coming, and you are you've been on this in a different direction for as long as we've been together. The days coming, there'll be no manager at all. Here's what there'll be: there'll be a guy in the dugout. He might not even have a uniform. He's going to have a title, the analytic implementer. Okay. He's going to have the headphones on, just like the home plate ump, and they're going to tell him from New York, strike sure. one, strike, ball one, ball, strike two, strike two. The guy in the dugout's going to be microphoned up. He's going to have his headphones on. And all of a sudden, a voice like Alexa comes across. Well, it'll be Theo. Yeah. Or it'll be the head of analytics. So instead of, well, yes. yeah, so instead, but it'll all be programmed. So oh. instead of like when you ask Alexa, right. you know, what time is it in Hawaii? Yeah. This, this one will just say, Alexa will just say, uh, it is time to put Brandon Kinsler in the game. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They'll Get tell, Pedro Strope up. Well, they'll tell them. Out. See, they won't even tell the, what did I call the analytic implementer. Uh-huh. They'll just then ring the uh, guy, uh, the uh, Lester, Lester Strope sure. guy and say, Get Strope up. See, there's a guy you need. You need Lester Strope to answer the phone. To hold the clipboard out there? To answer the phone. You need those guys. Three. <laughs> See? Obviously, we're being a little over the top. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not. Well, I'm just I'm, a little. No, it'll you happen. We just don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be no need anymore because they don't want anyone in the dugout making any decisions. It'll all be done. And it'll Who's be. Who's Ian Hap going to do a hand thing with if Joe's not there? <laughs> What's going to Who's going to do those things with him? He's going to have to find a player to do that. It's data driven. The game, right or wrong, it's data driven. Oh, sure it is. Now it's completely data driven. And uh, here's some of the things like Rick Renteria uh, this week. He said, uh, you know, talking about uh, constructing his batting order, uh-huh. his lineup. Yep. Uh, if they don't like it, I don't really give a uh, s blank Darn. blank blank. Oh, it said here. Yeah. yeah. And then they, uh, then Paul Sullivan and the, and the writers asked him, "You talking about the fans?" Oh no, no, no! I didn't mean the fans. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? And uh, and Joe Men, he pointed out pointedly this week a couple times. He pointed out that uh, well, you know, there's a lot going on uh, behind the scenes there. You know, that looking ahead, what if the other side is this? You know, got to make last minute decisions. Plus, we know that you have to, uh, oh, coddle some players. Kick oh, some that, of the others yeah. in the fanny, and yeah. uh, but the manager is going to be the, what was the old dodo bird? Is that what they used to call it? Well, Extinct. You remember in the movie the Nat, uh, the Natural when the guy uh, came in and you yeah. had like the guy and he was sitting there basically hypnotizing everybody, and Robert Redford said, "I've had enough of this. Mm-hmm. I don't need to sit and listen to this stuff." Well, that's what you need. You need a guy who's going to calm the players down when they're a little ruffled. You need the guys, you know. To say, here, you need a rest. Let's sit you down for a day. You can watch the game for a little while. You need those guys in the locker room because without, I guess, you know, in in the words of Cosmo Kramer, without without rules, you got chaos. Mm -hmm. Well, without a manager somewhere, you've got chaos. (laughs) So you got to have at least one guy who is the ultimate guy who's going to make the decisions, um, right or wrong. Or even just, you know, what you're saying is you don't need the guy. You'll just have the, what, what is it now, the analytic what? Uh, implementer. Uh, the analytic yeah. implementer. The You'll man- need one of them. The day of the manager is going to be gone. There'll be no general front office guys. They say, you know, we don't need him anymore. We don't want him anymore. We will tell the guy in the dugout with the new title. Well, wait a minute. <clears throat> we should run this by someone that would maybe have someday said, you know what? He may hang up on us after I'm going to send down the information right now. <laughs> Time to yank the pitcher. I don't need a stinking manager. Hey, let's go to one of our favorite guys. Why? Well, Chicago guy, number one. Lane, DePaul alum. Lane Tech, DePaul. Uh, Danny Evans, uh, White Sox assistant GM. Uh, he ran the Dodgers in the big chair with the Cubs, Seattle, Toronto. Baseball prospectus. Oh, my God. Let's say hello. Also, it's Murph and Fred and current, consult, current consultant at the Field of Dreams. Oh, nice. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> White Sox will be there. Danny, Murph and Fred, good morning, my friend. What's going on to two of my favorite guys in Chicago radio? How are you? Well, fine. I've known you long enough. I feel I can still call you Danny. I don't know. Yeah, is it okay if I call you Danny or you Dan? 
<laughs> now, Murph, my friends call me Danny. There you so go. You're Danny. Don't worry about it. No problem. Uh, friends, yeah. you've known Danny for a long time. Yeah, well, I, I got to tell a quick story. About two years ago, my buddies and I all turned 60. We got tickets for Coors Field. And my buddy uh, works for the White Sox and got his tickets. And I'm walking down. We're about seven rows behind home plate. And I walk past the scouts. And all of a sudden, they turn around, and two rows behind me is Danny Evans. And first thing Danny says is, How'd you get such good seats better than us? <laughs> but they were very, very nice. It was it, it, unfortunately it was a nice it was a nice series for the Rockies. They won two out of three. It was also the last weekend that uh, Jose Quintana pitched for the White Sox. He got traded immediately well, afterwards. Yeah. Well, Fred, I was just happy to see you were doing well health wise. That really meant a lot to me, knowing what you went through. Thanks, thanks, hey, Danny. Hey, Danny Evans. Uh, we'll uh, find out what's going on with Field of Dreams, of course, in a few minutes. We have a quick topic here we uh, let off the show. And, uh, you know, that's what I do is I sit around and I think. And that's a problem because, Fred, what would your dad always <laughs> My say? My dad always said, you know, stop thinking it's not good for you when you're not used to it. Right. When you're not used to it, don't no. do it. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, do the, the big chair guys, you know, the general managers now, do they really want a manager do they really need a manager now of course oh come on murph of course what do you but here's what i'm thinking it might not be for 10 years five years two years a hundred but someday danny there'll just be a guy in the dugout i'm going to name him the uh, analytic implementer he won't even have a uniform i'll just have the headphones on and someone up in the uh in the uh you know numbers department the analytic or the general manager himself will just say all right Pull the pitcher. Uh, all right, pinch it now. All right, time for a double steal. And, uh, and uh, I don't know that uh, the front office guys, and you've been one from the top to the middle, really anymore, do they want the manager? Do they feel that something that uh, is a, you know just sort of gets in the way, but we got to have them uh, in general. And I know this is a little cockamamie off the wall, but maybe someday it'll seem more like, well, you know what, Murph and Fred and Danny, they talked about this a number of years ago. What do you think? Well, Murph, I think there is an element out there of people who think they're smarter than they really are and think they know the game better than they do. And they think that analytics gives them all the answer when a manager's real skill set is communication, it's gut feel, it's use of analytics, and it's strategy. And he's the guy who has all the microphones sticking in his face at the end of a loss. And I think as a result, I think anyone who who feels that um, somebody can just use numbers to run a baseball game, it's just not that easy. And I think you should let the players play, the managers and coaches manage and coach, and let the executives be executives. And I think um, there's an awful lot of people who don't have a lot of respect for people in the dugout and scouts. And I think quickly they're starting to find out that it's not that easy. Um, they're, they're not winning like they thought they would, and they're not having as much success as they thought they would. And I think the result is that people are starting to recognize that there's more to it within a baseball game than just taking percentages. It just isn't that easy. We play too many games with too many people and too much travel to, uh, to treat human beings as objects or robots. It's, it's just not that game. I think analytics, and you guys both know, 
the White Sox were one of the absolute most progressive organizations. When I was there, we did some amazing things. We just didn't write books or make movies about it. And I think the result is we gave managers information to help their decision-making. And I really think, you know, I'm a big proponent of analytics, but I think analytics, scouting, gut feel, you know, just feel for the game itself and communication, that's what gets you to the playoffs. That's what wins the World Series. I think the Dodgers are a great example, very analytically driven, but a great farm system and a phenomenal manager who communicates well in Dave Roberts, and it's no wonder that that's why they are where they are. You know, you know, Danny. One of the big things with um, with Theo, and it was a great phrase, and I remember it, and I think all Cub fans do. You know that we don't want to come and win just one; we want sustained success. And success, I guess, is marked in many ways. You know, you go to the playoffs three, four years in a row. That's success. But it's almost as if baseball is is the sport, the one sport. I mean, you've seen it with the Warriors and you've seen it with, you know, the Patriots and other things. Baseball is the one sport where repeating or even winning two and three years other than the, that little run the Giants went on. It's very, very difficult. Is it almost like they're giving they, they they mail all in to win the one and then they've kind of got that honeymoon for a while. It doesn't really matter so much. They've spent everything. They moved enough guys. They're not going to have guys to come up. They got that one title, though, and now there's a honeymoon. Now there's a, a, a grace period for everybody. Yeah, Fred, we play so many games. I mean, we play twice as many games um, as any other sport. Right. And when you get deep into the postseason, one of the problems is your body doesn't replenish itself year after year. And when you have an extended run like many teams do, you know, in basketball you could see the Warriors' legs go down a little bit. The last couple of series, they were playing on emotion with the loss of their two superstars. But I think when you take a peek at what happens to a baseball club, the guys on the mound are the ones who really get the most fatigue. And without them, it's real hard to win in October. And I think as a result, extended runs, um, you know, what you said, it, it, what happens is you add the fatigue to you know, blowing out some of your minor league players because you're trying to add pieces, um, free agency and various things occur to your roster. I mean, payroll spirals, things occur. And as a result, that core, that nucleus that got you deep into October, it's really hard to maintain it. And then your subordinate players become more and more important. And the Cubs are a good example. I mean, Anywhere else in America, a team, you know, with 87, 89 wins at the end of the year is a good season. But expectations are higher after 2016. And, you know, they're they're behind the Cardinals. My guess is they're going to be a wild card team. That's what I see them as uh, potentially. And the problem, Fred, is if they win the division, they play Atlanta, who I think is an outstanding team. And if they lose and they get to be a wild-card team, and let's say they beat Washington as a road club, then they get the Dodgers. Yeah. So neither one of those scenarios is a real pretty one. And as a result, if you're pragmatic in the front office, you're looking and going, hey, we might get in, but how short will our playoff shelf life be? And, I, you know, I think when you take a look at their remaining games, they got, what, 22 against 
the Central with 32 to play totally. I think they're going to have a tough run, and if they get in, I just don't know how long their path is going to be. And this Washington National outfit, as we visit for a few minutes with Chicago guy Danny Evans, you know, Washington Nationals, watching them yesterday, and they beat the Cubs 9-3. to They got young guys everywhere. They got pitching everywhere. I'm not sure that they, as a wild card, won't give the Dodgers and the Braves a run for their money. Well, great point, Murph. And I'll tell you what, wild card teams are dangerous. Um, when I was with the Blue Jays a couple of years ago, we came in as a wild card. We were two games from the World Series because you have to come in hot. Mm-hmm. And when you play that Tuesday game or that Wednesday wild card game, there is more pressure on that game than the first game of a five-game series. So you walk into the series if you win the wild card game with a little bit of an edge, a little burst of confidence, and you're riding high on the on the game that you won the day before or two days before. And that's why hot wild card teams have advanced deep into playoffs numerous times. It's a you know, it's a it's a dangerous team to play. The problem with the Cubs is when you look at the teams around them, the Mets, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, DC, you know, the Cubs don't stand out right now. And when you when you just view them realistically and how they've played against the best teams in the league, you can't come into this last month, I would say these next eight games, mm. with a real confident yeah. feel. And I think these next eight games might determine whether they get in or not. Danny Evans, a uh, couple more minutes. Love visiting with you. It's been a long time, Fred, since I gave Danny a lift to Wrigley Field and that old death trap beater I had. He probably says, oh, boy, if I get to Clark and Addison with this guy's car driving me, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> Just imagine if he didn't make it, everything would have changed. After he was nice enough to come on Fan Talk uh, down. That same building we're in now upstairs. Danny, a couple of quickies will spring it, but then we want to hear about Field of Dreams. Uh, some of the new things. Robo Umps. Fred Hubner has been number one, and I've been right there on his coattail for years, number two. We cannot wait until the uh, home plate uh, balls and strikes are called, you know, from some guy uh, laying in a lazy boy with a little button and a can a beer because he'll do better i got yeah i got a feeling danny's going to be against us on this one. Oh, really yeah you know what i'm i'm a little more old school in some areas and i just think uh, the umpires do a fabulous job that's been proven with the replay i mean there are more decisions that are not overturned than are overturned and i think that's a real good example of the level of umpiring I just think, you know, if it, the current form of the robot umps isn't working as well as they'd like it to, they have to tweak it. I'd be more interested when they have it on a better uh, plateau because right now it's just not good enough to work in the big leagues. The Atlantic League's doing a fabulous job with mm-hmm. it. And uh, but it's just not there yet. You know the worst thing though, Danny, is every game you watch, they've got the the K zone, the track, you know, pitch tracks, whatever it's called, and it, it it's amazing how many times there's a ball right over the plate, but the catcher catches it wrong, and it's called yeah, a ball. Fred, Fred, you know what? That K zone is quite usually is is quite often not accurate. Um, it's not accurate because it's off center. Because if it were centered, it'd be in the batter's eye, the camera would. So as a result, it's not three-dimensional. It's singular in its dimension. 
and it doesn't really get adjusted for the strike zone as well as it should. I really think, you know, there's a 17-inch plate, and it doesn't capture the entire plate in terms of depth. Um, when the umpires are evaluated, they have a much more precise system, and that one is starting to be utilized right now by the Atlantic League. So I think just be careful um, about those those uh, dimensions and right. those strikes uh-huh. that are superimposed <laughs> on the screen. They're not that good. But at least you at least you didn't go with the human error or human error thing because I always say you know human error should be for the players or you know you know that's what it is not for the officiators of the game. I, I want to get everything called right because Danny, you know this. There are players that lose jobs because of bad calls. There are managers that lose calls because or lose jobs because of bad calls. If you can get it right, I'd love to get them all right. Yeah, I understand, Fred, but I think until we know we're going to actually get it right, All right. I don't want any. I don't want any okay. part of it. So when it's uh, in, when Danny says now it's right, then Danny, you would be okay with it, right? Once it's right, I'd, I'd be. <laughs> uh, let's see, I'd be less if we're <laughs> Okay, <laughs> not to put words in Danny's mouth, <laughs> Danny. What's going on? It's at feel, next time we have Danny, I'm going to ask him about the shift. Uh, you know, thing. I used to say, "Hey, put them all over there." And Ted Williams. I'm starting to say now to myself, Danny. You know what? It's maybe they have to keep two guys on one side a second, two guys on the other, keep them on the infield grass. Can you give me a quickie on that one? Uh, I've changed. That's what I'd prefer, Fred. I'd prefer them not to cross that imaginary line that uh, <laughs> intersects from home plate to second base. I I just think it's hurt the game offensively. Yeah. And it's, taking some of the fun out of the game of the pole hitter. Hey, Fred, you've been to Field of Dreams. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, you and Danny. What's going on there? Fred, uh, guys, I'm having so much fun. I'm consulting for the Field of Dreams movie site, um, help them bring the baseball game between the Yankees and the White Sox, and we've got some big plans on the horizon um, at, at the Field of Dreams site. It is just such a glorious place to work. It's a pristine area. It's all that's right with the world. It's been a very, very fun summer for me thus far with some big things down the line. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't. I mean, and it's very cool that the first game, and I, when I saw the stadium immediately before I even read the article, when I saw it, I go, that looks just like old Comiskey Park. And then I read on and said, you know, it's kind of a tribute with the way the bullpens are in center field and then uh, the dimensions, the way it's all going to be laid out. That's going to be very cool. All you need is a guy like Ken Berry to be jumping over the center field fence catching a ball. How about Mike Hirschberger? Oh, Come I on. It. It's, it's going to be a spectacular August 13th of 2020, looking so forward to it. And we're doing a lot of things surrounding that game. We have a lot of events at the Field of Dreams throughout the year. And I'm so looking forward um, because the the first few months of doing this has been an absolute blast. Hey, Fred, if we're real nice to Danny, maybe he'll come on every, and not wait 30 years to come on with me again, <laughs> like he did this time. No, no. Hey, Danny, he's as modest, very modest Danny Evans, because he was the pioneer, you know, in the use of technology for baseball evaluation. And he said it was the whole organization. Danny was right there with everybody, and a uh, longtime uh, White Sox assistant GM. Danny, we'll let you run on a busy day. Thanks for your personal time. Next time you come through Chicago, on a Saturday between then, we're going to make you sit in a, in a room with me again, okay? Oh, guys, I would love to do that, and I come through Chicago quite often. So let's do, let's make a plan to do that sometime. Well, that'd be Bingo. great. Bingo. That'd be great, Danny. Thanks, Dan. Take Thanks, care. Dan. Take care, Thanks Danny. Me on, guys. All right, see you later. Danny Evans, Murph, and Fred. Hey, when we return... 
one guy on the north side that's really got me irritated. But one guy on the south side, Fred, he's playing lights out. You had his numbers up yeah. in the pre-show love fest. Some we'll, really good ones. We'll get back to baseball in Chicago when we return. Hey, attention golfers, Seven Bridges Golf Club, one of the Midwest best-kept golfing secrets. Located just 30 minutes outside of Chicago, they provide public access golf with a private club field. Seven Bridges will be celebrating Patriot Week. All veterans and Active duty service members can golf 18 holes today through the 29th for $45. All guests of veterans and active members can also play for $59. To reserve your tee time now, call 630-964-GOLF or visit sevenbridgesgolfclub.com for more details. Thank you for your service. Hey, when we return, we'll find out what you said for our Twitter polls that are up right now. Number one, two, three, Cub fans, Sox fans, vote right now. And we'll be back at ESPN 1000. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Glad you're with us. Busy day. Every Saturday, 9 to noon, we try to make it uh, seem like about a one-hour show whipping by. Man, oh, that's three hours. Like a half-hour show. That three hours went uh-huh. by fast. All right, uh, Twitter poll uh, questions have been posted for about uh, about two and a half hours now. One minute, we'll bring in EO11, see what you've been saying. I want to talk about one guy on the north side that, I don't know, you know, he always does something to irritate me. Fred, you got a guy in the south side that's been playing lights out, maybe under the radar, like, you know. Maybe. Over yeah. the last month or two. Yep. And uh, the Cubs, oh, Danny Evans was great. And you got to listen between the lines. He's not a big fan of, uh, uh, well. Well, he's one of the guys that started analytics, basically. I mean, he brought analytics, like he said. Uh, The White Sox, they just didn't write a book about him. No. But, uh, yeah, the the White Sox have been involved in analytics for a long time. Everybody in baseball is. But you got to realize there's got to be a good, a nice mix of the two. And, um, you know, not necessarily just all analytics and nothing else. He's a pioneer. Uh He was doing this stuff before anybody. Now he's looking at it and going, you know what? Don't discredit what the manager does. Yeah. So uh, we'll get back on that a little bit later. Let's bring in EO11. All right. uh, Three Twitter poll questions on board now for the last few hours. Let's see what you said. Number one. Excuse me. Do baseball general managers, front office guys, the man in the big chair, do they feel managers are still even needed? Yes or no? I I know how I would vote. I don't think they feel that the managers are needed much anymore, if at all. But, Fred, did you vote? Oh, yeah, the GMs don't, don't feel that they're needed no, much at all. No, no. Yeah, they, For, the managers. The, the importance of the managers that is they get to deal with the media before and after every game. The GMs don't have to. Well, if there were no manager, then the who would the media talk to? The GM would. Have, they'd have to talk no, to. No, the no, GMs. they don't talk to anybody. Well, no, no, they would. They, uh-huh. They'd figure it out. Major League Baseball would make someone from the team talk to them. So you'd have a designated <laughs> designated media person. Designated uh, mouthpiece. Uh-huh. All right, EO11, what the fans say on uh, general managers is starting to maybe feel the managers aren't really important anymore. Don't need them. Don't want them. So do GMs feel managers are still needed? Yes, got 60%. No, got 40%. Not a runaway. No. Not a runaway at all. 
that's pretty dumb. Considering that this is many, many, many years in the future from happening, if at all. But I think it will. That was a very, very interesting and close vote, Eric. Right? Did you vote? Um, I I believe I agree with you guys. I don't. I think GMs want their numbers to write uh-huh. the lineups. They want their numbers to put the guy in to face the lefty. I think GMs want to run everything now. Do you think any of that could have anything to do with good old fashioned uh, ego? Oh, absolutely. It has to do. Like they just ask Theo. He's the smartest guy like in the room. Like he's Ivy League. All just that ask stuff. Him, right? Yes. So like they all these GMs consider themselves savants and, sure. and Eagle has to play into it. Yeah, there's no doubt. And you know, a little bit even in the movie Moneyball, you saw when they were trying to bring in the analytics and the old time guys were were hesitant and um, they were getting pushed out. There's got to be a nice mix in it. And right now, over the last couple of years, it seems to have gone the other way. See, Joe Madden this week, he danced around this a few times. He knows he's out. He knows he's gone. He's not happy. Here's what he said uh, a couple different lo- uh, places midweek. Talking about his decision to pull you, Darvish, uh, you know, in Wednesday's game, yada, yada. He says, quote, a lot of our game is feel. Well, right there, you're going to stop right there if you're listening right. to him. A lot of our game is feel, meaning he's in a dugout. He's been managing in the big leagues for, what, 20 years, 15 years, been minor leagues. A lot of our game is feel. I'll argue that with anybody. As he's talking to guys upstairs. Uh-huh. Not just at Clark and Addison. All the guys in baseball upstairs. A lot of our game is feel. I'll argue that with anybody. So I want to believe it's going to be recognized that, yes, that person, meaning the manager, can make a difference. Of course, it's about the players. No question about that. The players decide the fate. But in regard to creating the environment, those feel moments that are necessary in the course of the game. If you lack experience, meaning a rookie manager, if you lack experience in those moments, it's going to be hard. Who do you draw upon right here? Where do you get your knowledge? Madden pointed to his 15 years as a scout and minor league director, uh, minor league instructor, manager, as the ideal uh, prerequisites. Quote, I want to believe at some point it's going to come back, the pendulum, you know. Yeah, good luck. To recognizing the abilities of somebody like a manager. He's right there saying, be careful what you guys wish for, because yeah. I'm warning you. Yep, I know, exactly. You, you put that uh, mouthpiece guy down there, uh, you know, the uh, director of uh, uh, in, informing the man, the pitcher, who he's coming out of the game guy. They're on thin ice. Yeah, listen, and I understand. I mean, there's so many little things. Uh, you know, all the analytics say uh, the sacrifice bunt is a stupid move. Well, the White Sox have a manager who uses it all the time. Oh, yes, he does. That was a double the other day, a leadoff double. They sacrificed the guy the third. He scored. I understand that the analytics show that's the wrong move. You don't want to give away an out. But the White Sox got on the board. They built on the lead after that. Sometimes it works. I understand it's not the right move. And I understand White Sox fans it's not are upset. Always the right, it's, it's not always the wrong move. It's not. No. And, and that's what, see, the analytics, they just say, yeah. it, it shows you here, so it's always the wrong move. Yeah, no, you, it's not yeah. always the wrong move. You need one run, that's the right move. The, the analytics, push it across. Right. The analytics say, 
All right. Man on first, nobody out. You're going to score uh, 62% of the time. Man on second, one out. You're going to score 58% of the time. Right. All right, fine. That's long term. But what you're saying, it's, it's the word feel. It's what man feel. All right. You're looking. All right. It's a sixth inning. There's no score. I don't think we're going to score many runs. They're not going to score. This could be a one to nothing game. I'm in the seven hole. Look who's coming. Or I'm in the two hole. Sure. You're not going to bunt probably with the three, four, five hitters, but the eight, nine. It all depends every situation who's pitching. Yeah. Who's the guy that would sacrifice bunt? Does he know how to sacrifice bunt? Is there a third baseman playing back? Are they expecting? I mean, it's so insane. There were, people that, there were people that got upset the other day where Yolmer Sanchez had a, uh, uh, a suicide squeeze with a runner at third, and uh, the run scored, and he was safe. And But people are upset. They'll tell you he shouldn't have been... He did it. It worked. Well, that's because you that's know. isolated, simplistic, one-time thinking. Well, look at it. yesterday. Annabelle Sanchez yeah. bases loaded, bunt. It stays fair. Mm. The run scores. He's yeah. safe at first base. Yeah, he had more hits than anybody. As he had as many hits as anybody in the Cubs yesterday. See, he had two. And, and uh, so the uh, number nine hole. <laughs> glad you brought that up. I didn't think I'd get to this. Yeah. D H lovers. I hate watching the pitcher hit. Okay, here. The pitcher for the uh, Washington, Annabelle Sanchez, right? His first at bat in the third inning, sacrifice bunt, uh, leads to a run. Then he bunts for the uh, hit, as you mentioned. Bases loaded, two out. What does he think he's going to get a hit? He said, that's a bad... Don't discount Davey Nelson. Yep. Uh, Davey, no. Davey Martinez also, knowing Lester on the mound, he can't well, feel... Not only that, uh, Jim Deshays did a great job mm-hmm. of showing where Chris Bryant was playing. And Bryant was well behind third base on that play. Yeah. Well, when the pitcher's up, I don't know really what the reason to be that far behind third base is. But that's, again... Maybe an infield coach should say, hey, you might want to come in a little bit. I'm surprised more teams haven't been bunting on uh, Lester or running because Wilson Contreras, the great defensive catcher, look, Luke Roy's all right. You know, Caratini's, you know, below average, below average. Point is, I'm surprised since uh, Wilson's been out that they're not running wild and bunting more. Yep, there's no doubt. All right. Hey, listen, today's a gorgeous day. Oh, it's, it's, it's high 70s, sunny out. Oh. You're looking for a new car. You're the perfect time weather. to go. It is yeah. the best weather. The perfect time to go on over and look at a new car is today. And go on over to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview. They'll get you a low price and a whole lot more. Some of those dealerships, they advertise false prices. You come in, you can't find those cars. At Fields, their advertised prices are real. They don't change them. So stop on over. Fields wants to earn your business, and they will not mislead you. Go to Fields, Chrysler, Jeep Ram and Glenview, or visit them at fieldcjd.com. And when we return, I'll talk about the Jay Hay kid, Willie Mays. Well, you're going to talk about the Jay Hay, and I'm going to talk about T.A. And Tim Anderson. And not T.A. Day, but just T.A. Huh? And more Twitter poll results and uh, callers will get to you. Murph and Fred till noon. Mark Gonzalez, Cubs beat guy, coming up in a few minutes. It's ESPN. Vote at. Vote at ESPN 1000. Welcome back. The Cubs have a new uh, phrase, a, a new uh, thing on the T-shirt. Uh, losing ugly. Remember when the White Sox were winning ugly, Fred? Uh-huh. 
Oh, my God. And listen, five straight wins. Yeah. They win two in a row at Pittsburgh. They sweep the Giants. Everybody's happy. In some of the most amazing games. Yeah. The 12-11 game was mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just absolutely One crazy. To nothing, One to nothing. 12-11. Yeah. It just unbelievable games. They win five in a yeah. row. And it gets to the point where they're going to need those because the Nationals are a tough team. Well, the, and they miss Scherzer, who just well, came back. He pitched yeah. four innings the other day. You know, the National. Let me just say this. Any team that has to play... L.A., best of five in the first round. Atlanta, best of five. Or Washington. Can you imagine? You know what? The Cubs right now are going to be hard-pressed to beat Washington. I think Washington right now, they could plow right through like we said to Danny Evans. He did not disagree. They they could end up in the World Series. Yeah, they're a pretty good team. They got young guys everywhere plus the pitching. I yeah. mean, this thing, Robles, Soto out there. You got a Rendon on his, on his walk here. You got Eaton playing like a, yeah, hey, that's He's good. He's playing actually well, yeah. Oh, my God. Somebody actually brought up the point earlier this week on the station. They said, you know what? When a guy like Bryce Harper leaves your team, a lot mm. of times yeah. the other guys pull together more. Sure. And I think you're getting that. Yeah. And then they also knew they had Robles and Soto oh. and. You know, Rendon's yeah. still there, and geez, it's yeah. unbelievable. You know, and then they compare that with Elmora and Happ and Schwarber and Bryant. They got these young guys everywhere that are, you know, collectively much better. We won't even talk about the Dodgers because they bring up a new, yeah. a new guy every other day. Hey, one other, if the Cubs are lucky enough uh, to, uh, where's my what if, the, you know, what if the Cubs do get into the best of five? Uh, today, if the season ended, the Cubs would be the one and out uh, game wild card with Washington. Good At luck. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, because they're second, yeah. the Cubs. See, here's the thing. The, the, you'd have a better chance beating Washington in one game than a best of five. Sure. Now, the Cubs' starting rotation has been on fire. Lester would be the odd man out. And if, <laughs> and you have, think about it. Oh, the, yeah, I know it's really uh, hard. In the playoffs, yeah. you do not activate on your 25-man the fifth starter. You don't need him. But you got Chatwood yeah, Chat as the long man. The difference, we have, but the difference with Lester is he has been used out of the bullpen in playoff games and World Series yeah, games. But, but, and it's and gone a couple I know, innings. I know. So, I mean, I think you'd have to keep him as your I, left, I don't know. lefty guy. May, I guess. You're not, well, you're not going to have a Derek Holland in there, I'll tell you that. Well, you know, if he's... Could you chuck the wires service? <laughs> Do they still have that? Yeah, chuck the wires. If Derek Holland is still on the team this afternoon and they don't figure out a way to put him on the fake DL, yeah. it's not the DL anymore, Murph. You're not being PC. If he's not on the illegal list or whatever yeah. it's, it's called, the injured list. I know. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Let's go to our Twitter poll. Sox fans have voted. How do you feel about the rebuild, A, B, or C? Optimistic. A little disillusioned, panicky. Fred, uh, no, I'm, I'm optimistic, right. but the Sox fans are going to say panicky. Oh, all the way to the I third think, choice. I think some will say panicky. All right, they will. I think they will. What they say, you know. Uh, we'll start from the bottom. So only 13% said panicky, Fred. Okay. Well, which is good. I don't know how you could get there already. <laughs> well, I mean, Fred just skipped all the way to you, number three. If you follow a bunch of them on Twitter, they're <laughs> panicky already. I don't know. 15% said disillusioned, so that means 72% of White Sox fans are optimistic with the rebuild as of today. There you go. That's we'll good. break that down uh, a little bit later. Cub fans have voted. Would you like to reverse the menu and extend Joe Madden two more years, but pay off Theo's final two years and send him packing? So reverse the menu. They love it? No way, Murph. I keep them both or fire them both. 
I don't know where to go here. Bottom up, top down. You pick it, Eric. All right, at the bottom, with 10% is fire both. All right. Uh, 11% said they love it. 35% say no way. And 44% with the majority say keep both Theo and Madden. All right. So 44% want to keep Joe Madden. Is virtually, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have voted that if they didn't want yeah. to keep them both. Yeah. Keep them both. See, Eric, you're off last week. We had a, a poll, which was who are you most mad at? Ricketts, Theo, Madden, or the players? The players won. The players won, but yeah. Number, That's the right selection. But number two at 25% was Theo. Third with only 14% most mad at Joe Madden. So you see, all this uh, vocal minority... That's, you know, dump Joe, dump Joe. I don't know. Our our poll didn't show that last week. Let's go to the uh, phone lines. He's been patient. He's Chip in Glenview. Hello, Chip. Hey, gentlemen. uh, uh, Let me preface my comments about Joe by saying I'm on the other side that uh, wants to hear it, get a new voice in there. But not thinking Joe Girardi is the great answer. I'd like to get a young A.J., uh, uh, the Houston manager, get somebody like him, a new guy, and right. get a young boy in there. But anyway, yeah. I wanted to say this. I heard an interview with Joe this week uh, where he said players are compensated for launch angle, home runs, and RBI, and nothing else, meaning small ball, you can't even ask him to do small ball. By, by him saying that, and by the fact that they don't steal bases, they don't ever sacrifice anymore give themselves up to get runners over to me that tells me uh he cannot tell these players what to do which means that he either is throwing up his hands to today's baseball players or he he just uh has given up so to me uh a manager that can't tell his guys you gotta sacrifice you gotta give yourself up you got to do this to win. That just tells me he has no control and that he's throwing up his hands and giving uh, up. So I, I, I think I, you, I think you could not be more incorrect. Uh, we're up against the clock, but stay on the line here, Chip. Number one, you can't steal bases if you don't have any speed. They don't have any speed. You can't sacrifice bunt if a guy doesn't know how to bunt. I'm not saying they all don't or they all do. Well, that's why when he said that they get paid now for the other stuff, they don't practice bunting. All right. And that's that's the organization's fault, too. So I think the last guy in the world that has given up uh, is Joe Madden. But, Chip, great stuff. Phone again. All right, buddy? Thanks, Chip. You got it. All right. In a few minutes, we'll be right back on the Cup Beat with the beat reporter himself. And we'll get to J.A. and T.A. soon. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Murph and Fred with Mark Gonzalez next. Tribune Cubs beat guy at... Vote at ESPN 1000. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Hour number two. One minute away from Mark Gonzalez. The reporter covers the Cubs at the Tribune. All right, let's throw a few more of the uh, Twitter poll questions out there. Number one would be, White Sox fans vote now. Are you happy with Rick Renteria's batting order construction? Okay. I love that phrase, Fred. 
just sort of snuck in a few years ago. They've been playing ball for 125 years. Did you ever hear the phrase batting order construction? No. Now it's it must ev- have been one of those analytics guys. It's omnipresent. Put Not that only up. that, it's everywhere. Uh-huh. Sox fans, are you happy with Rick Renteria's batting order uh, construction? Yes. Most of the time. Sometimes. Rarely. We bring that up because he had a little bit of a short fuse, I guess, this week. So well, you got to look at it, too. Uh, yeah. Throughout the course of the year, he's had Aloya Menez out. Uh-huh. He's had Moncada out. He's yeah. had Tim Anderson out. So he's had to juggle things around yeah. quite a bit. I mean, Jimenez is out the last two days. He might be back tonight. Yeah. Uh, you had Anderson, who's been out, boy, about 50 games. Mm-hmm. And uh, Moncada's been out a couple times. And as Rick Renteria said Wednesday about the criticism of his uh, uh, lineup betting order, if they don't like it, I don't really give a blank. Okay, well, there you go. He says, oh, no, I wasn't talking about the fans. He said that later. Huh? And come fans, vote now. Does Theo Epstein feel that Ben Zobrist will save the leadoff slot? Yes or no? Cup fans, vote now. Does Theo Epstein feel that Ben Zobrist will save the leadoff slot? Yes or no? Let's go to a guy that does not bat leadoff for the Cubs. Therefore, we can't be mad at him. He bats leadoff here. He does. Right. Leading off the 10 o'clock hour. hour. Uh Murph here, Fred there, Mark Gonzalez. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, guys. (laughs) Hey, Mark. Oh, man. Hey, Mark. It's sunny. Uh, It was 75. Uh, The wind was blowing in nice off the lake. What a beautiful day for a ball game until losing ugly (laughs) 9 3. But wait a minute, Murph. They had a five game winning streak. Can't we enjoy a five out of six? No one enjoys five out of six anymore, Mark. But maybe it's because you look at Washington and you go, uh-oh, these guys are good, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I didn't see this coming because uh, when I saw them in mid-May, uh, the sky was falling rapidly. And they were a team that was just way out of sorts from simply uh, lacking fundamentals to uh, poor bullpen. Uh, it looked like everything was was dissolving for them, and that Davy Martinez was going to be gone. But since then, they've really righted the ship, and I think they've 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 proven they played better team ball this year. They had a lot of great stars from the past, but it just seems like everybody's buying in now to what's going on, and and you see the result. They're just still not out of the woods yet. Their bullpen's a little wobbly, but certainly it's a better product than what we've seen in the last two and a half years. The old expression, Mark, is true. When you don't hit, you look flat. The Cubs had five hits now in the last two games. Uh, you know, they did win, they did win, uh, you know, one to nothing on Thursday, and then they lose yesterday. When you don't hit, you look flat. And a lot of that starts at the top of the order, of course. Uh, uh, Theo has never solved, at least in my opinion, uh, the leadoff slot position since uh, Dexter Fowler. Uh, they've mixed and matched. They had some success here and there. We have a Twitter poll question on board right now. Cub fans are voting. Uh, do you believe Theo Epstein uh, You know, thinks that Ben Zobrist will save the leadoff slot? Sort of a leading question. I I understand that, but... 
how bad is it when uh, uh, when you have uh, uh, a leadoff slot right now and it's mixed and matched? Jason Hayward had a little lightning in the bottle, if you, if I can use that expression, but his numbers now at the top of the order are one sixty seven slash two fifty four on base. Uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's is it fixable? I guess that's the question mark. Is it fixable? Well, I think it's fixable, but on a long-term basis, we're going to have to look, talk about that this winter. Uh, as you've noticed, it's been a revolving door all year. And certainly when Ben does come back, and that's the anticipation, uh, I'm sure he'll give, him, give them a spurt at the top, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to solve all their issues at the top. I do think he will help them, but you can't expect him to go on a one-month tear. Just asking too much. You know, this guy's been off... A long time, I know he's come back and played in spurts on this minor league assignment, but um, it doesn't happen uh, just by snapping your fingers and putting him in the lineup. Yeah. You know, I know it's been working well with Castellanos betting second, but with the way Hayward's not doing anything, and Joe has not been averse in the past of having Bryant hit second and Rizzo hit third, do you think that's crossed his mind, maybe moving Castellanos up? Because he just seems, you know, like he said, every day's opening day. He just seems like he, he steps to the plate and can hit. Don't you, you think maybe that would be a consideration, go Castellanos, Bryant, Rizzo? Yeah, I think it will, it will be at some point, if not already. I think the big thing is 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 checking in with Hayward and, and saying, "Hey, this is it. We gave it a good run. Uh, you won't be up there anymore. You got to make sure that he knows what the plan is, and that um, it's not going to happen again. Because if you start moving him around, I think right. it's going to mess with the psyche. But I think uh, definitely it, it crossed my mind when they got Castellanos that he might be hitting at the top. So um, it's been almost a month now. It might be time to, to give it a, a test drive because uh, these games are precious, mm. and, and uh, you, you saw what happened. They get blown out, and then and the Cardinals, you know, oh, win and all that. So it's just games are you can't rely on anybody at this point. Nope. but yourselves. Mark Gonzalez, he just Mark Fred. Mark just used the phrase, you know, what the plan is. It reminds me when I was in at SIU Carbondale, and uh, we you guys had a plan. Well, no, well on Friday night, right? <laughs> yeah. We go and here and here's what was our what's the plan? And then and uh, Robbie, my room. Well, Murph, the plan is there is no plan. Let's just go. So it's almost like what they're doing here with the leadoff slot. The plan is there is no plan now. You know, I'm not to pile on Jason Hayward. That's not the point. But yesterday, he had uh, three at-bats. Let off the uh, bottom of the first, naturally. He let off the bottom of the fourth. And then he batted uh, in the sixth inning. Fellas, uh, he was 0 for 3. Fine. That's not the point. That'll happen. He wrote, he, he did the, now it'll say in your, uh, on the phone, it'll, if you look it up, it'll say shortstop to first short, but it was a pull over, really four to three. Right. Call it what you want. Mark, he went four to three, four to three, four to three, and they were all like a hawk used to say, hopper to chop, chopper to hopper. They weren't like hard hit. Now, that's even not the point. All three of the pitches he hit, fellas, was the same pitch. They do the thing now. You go on your phone. You see the actual K sure. zone, and and the all three were on the outside. Now he bats lefty. All three were on the outside corner, about belt high. They were all 84, 82, 86 mile an hour splitters. The same pitch outside. All three times he tried to yank and rolled it over, chopper to hopper. Now. 
every you know Sanchez made everyone look bad yesterday, Mark. Don't get me wrong, but they don't. They didn't seem to have any plan. There's the plan uh, against uh, Sanchez yesterday, or was he just that good? Oh, it's kind of disturbing. They don't adjust, and but you know Sanchez is a craftsman. You saw it yesterday. You've seen it in spurts, but. There, you know, there's an old saying. Harold Baines used to tell this to the the White Sox hitters when he'd be invited to talk to him uh, on behalf of Greg Walker. That take what the pitcher gives you. In this case, we've mm. seen where Hayward's when Hayward's on, he's hitting the left center and driving the ball, and and I think that's what you got to see more of in those situations because uh, Sanchez. There's no reason for him to adjust until Hayward does, <laughs> and and the others. Like right. like you said earlier, not, it's just just not Hayward. It's others. Great point. Yeah, I mean, the pitcher it, doesn't have to adjust if the hitters right. aren't going to. Yeah, there's no reason to. And that's yeah. the thing. When when Hayward was hitting the ball, he was going left center. Yeah. He was hitting the ball in in the open area on against the shift. And and now that's just not happening. And obviously, you can tell by the pressure they're putting on. I mean, Mark, there's been like a couple games this week. Mm-hmm. You know, last Saturday, four hits. Uh, two hits the other day. Three. It's not just Hayward. I mean, that's a bad start at the top of the order. But nobody seems to be hitting until obviously they go they go crazy in a twelve in a twelve uh, run game. It, it seems like it's been that all year long. I, and, but you look at the averages, and the averages don't look all that bad. But they've struggled to hit, not as bad as they did last year at this point of the year. But it's still been pretty bad. It's getting there, though. There's there's a there's a, a resemblance to last year in the second half, the way this thing's going, and um, you know, individually, like you said, they're they're doing well. You look at what Bryant is doing compared to last year. You know, Rizzo's about right. at his at his normal level. Uh, Castellanos definitely has given them a spark, but it boils down to team ball. And are you hitting adjusting to the situation? Uh, they've shown it in glimpses. During that five-game win streak, but you got to keep doing it because there's no margin of error now, as we all know. Mark Gonzalez beat guy Cubs for the Chicago Tribune. You know what? And Fred always gets mad when I talk about what fans have been saying because don't worry about the fans. You know the original. I believe it was originally Branch Rickey in 1937 with the Cardinals, and he said, "If you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with them." Yeah. That wasn't, but that's been now attributed to about 2,000 general managers <laughs> since Branch Rickey said it to me over at the old Sportsman's Park in 39. Yeah, yeah, in the ghetto in St. Louis, I was there. I was scared. And there's Branch Rickey. Come here, Mark. And Branch, he's got the cigar. He says, you know, if I listen to guys like you, I'll be sitting with, you know, with guys like you. That sounds like a John Holland would have said that to you instead of a Branch. <laughs> I used to. That was the Cubs general manager in the 50s and 60s, the, the guy that traded away Lou Brock for Ernie Brolio. But he did acquire Fergie Jenkins there you go. and made some great trades. I used to sit at home. I'm 10 years old. I'd, I'd dial uh, a Buckingham 1 50-50, Mark. That was the old telephone that actually had like a round thing on it that you had to put your finger in, remember? Well, no, you're too young. No. <laughs> and, right, and I'd call BU1 50-50, and Wrigley Field, may I help you? I go, and I'm like, squeaky. I go, John Holland, please. She patched she actually had the patch thing. Remember the old phones you'd see, like, on the patch it in? <laughs> no secretary. John Holland. I go, hey, John, it's Mike Murphy in LaGrange. But yeah, Mike, how are you? Anyway, they don't, let, they don't do that now. I don't think you can get through to Theo. But the fans say, you know, why does Joe Madden bring in Holland? And then they go, and when he brought him in, why did he leave him in so long? 
Could could you help explain to everybody that you've only got so many players, so many pitchers, you got to use them occasionally. You can't just ignore a guy these days. You're going to burn out the other guys, Mark. And you got to be delicate with, with, with Kyle Ryan because he's been so superb for, for almost the entire year, but his appearances are getting up there. I don't think he's thrown uh, in this many games in quite a long, long time, at least dating back to his Tiger days. And He's the guy you're going to want down the stretch because if you look down at the minors for for uh, help, mm. there's not many 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 options there beside you know Ryan and Holland at this point. You know you might there might be one or two guys, but we already saw what Randy Rosario didn't do up here. So uh, you got some slim pickings, and and you must protect Ryan, especially when you're operating at a deficit. This morning, if the season ended. Mark, the uh, Cubs, uh, well, they're half game now out of the central lead behind St. Louis, which means you've now got to flip over and look at your wild card standings. Washington in first place, two ahead of the Cubs. Behind the Cubs, you got the Mets two back. You got Milwaukee. You got uh, a couple other teams. Point is, right now, that Washington outfit, they're pretty darn strong. Uh, what is the Cubs' path uh, if they were to... How do the Cubs get to the World Series, I guess? You know, what's the path you got to get through? Travel either, agents. Either Washington, <laughs> a wild card, that, or, or maybe Washington catches Atlanta. Who the heck knows? you got to get through Atlanta. You have no home advantage, best out of five or best out of seven in these. you got the Dodgers. I mean, it's, it's a, a rough path, even if everything goes their way, Mark. They'd probably have to go see Father Burke Masters first and uh, could go to confession and then probably see Cardinal Dolan in New York and then, <laughs> then, and then uh, see, see how they match against, against the other foes. You know, if you, uh. if you break it down, you know, the Braves always give them fits. The Braves are, are, are very athletic, you know, with Acuna and Albies. Those guys really, really put defenses and pitchers on their toes. Mm. I mentioned the Braves in, in you know the perfect scenario where they do win the division and get a break, and then you look at the Dodgers who you know looked looked unbeatable virtually against them in L.A. in, in mid June with uh, the, the Cubs winning that one game only because Rizzo hit the homer off Kenley Jansen, which you know Dodgers bullpen is still a little wobbly at this point, but you got to get to the starters first, so. There's an issue there, and they got great balance. Something they didn't have in past years—a lefty-righty combination—and guys like Muncie and Bellinger hitting oh. lefties. Oh. And the Cubs have three lefties, so there's that. And then a Nationals team who um, uh, has really improved, and they're not going to see—they're not going to see Scherzer in this series either. And you got to expect that if they were to face him in a wild card and things lined up perfectly for the Nats, they'd face mm. him. Mark, you mentioned the uh, three lefties. However, in the playoffs, teams almost always only use the four hottest starting pitchers. You get a couple of days off, which I think is a joke. You have to play uh, sometimes 15, 17 games in a row during the regular season. I don't think there should be any days off in the playoffs. That way, maybe you've got strong five, but the other guy you're playing has got strong one, two, three, and weak four, and weak in the number four, and weak in the number five. Anyway, they haven't asked me. Point is, of the five Cubs starting pitchers, I would have to think right now, if you're only picking four, if they are able you know, to, to get into the uh, playoff uh, hunt uh, and, and the best of five, I don't see John Lester, uh, at least based off his last, he had a nice outing 
two ago, the sixth inning. Is uh, Lester the odd man out, or is it pretty hard to even just pick? It might not boil down to who's pitching the best, but who you might mess with in terms of the opponent's lineup. And I say that because mm. I go back to the second game of the year where Darvish started and had that that hideous start, but then you bring in Quintana, and he kind of stabilized things for the next five, six innings. So you might see a scenario where there's there's uh, what they call piggybacking. So mm. I'm not okay. I'm not discounting Lester's struggles, but. Um, the piggyback situation presents an interesting element to all this. I know that I know that uh, Contreras is doing his exercises in the outfield. How far away is he? I don't think he's that far away. I mean, I've always I said if they're they're true to their word about him being out a month, that lines him up to play against the Brewers on September fifth. Uh, the fact that earlier this week they were attacking this thing aggressively, calling it aggressive strengthening and all that, and I saw him getting after it in the outfield. I would think that, um, and this is just me speaking, no inside right. information, but I would think maybe the middle or late next week, if all things are fine, then he'd go on a rehab assignment, and it lines up there. But um, got to be careful about these things. But I think he's progressing pretty much on schedule. You, you know, they don't want to look too far ahead, but I think at this point, just seeing him move around pretty well. And I asked him if he was feeling feeling strong, and he said stronger. So um, that's a good sign. Mark, speaking of, and Fred, speaking of Wilson Contreras, have you been a little surprised since Contreras has been uh, off that when Lester pitches, teams aren't trying to run more, steal more, bunt more? Uh, Davey Martinez yesterday, he knows Lester better than anybody. I'm not saying that's why Sanchez laid down the uh, RBI bunt single or sacrifice bunted, but uh, are you surprised teams haven't tried to exploit him a little more without Contreras, or are Lucroy and Caratini good enough back to that it you know, scares them from trying? Well, I think it doesn't hurt the try, but those guys are pretty good back there. I think uh, Victor's had a pretty good year back there, um, you know, throws pretty well, calls a good game. If you listen to the pitchers, they'll tell you how, how good Victor is as far as not only calling the game, but dictating the pace. Uh, Hendricks complimented him. Thursday, I'm going out to the mound in an important situation. He noticed that Hendricks is rushing his pitches, so he's got him, went out there, and Hendricks was able to finish the inning without any any trouble. Uh, Lacroix is a, really a sharp guy. I don't think he gets enough credit for his his, uh, his bright his bright play. Yeah. That's the only way to put the phrase it because he's not only good calling a game and running a game, but he's also a pretty smart hitter, too. He's gotten some big hits to the opposite field. He's, he's pretty well polished. So they don't lose too much when those guys are back. There's certainly you'd like to have Wilson's bat and arm, but I don't think the drop-off's been that significant when it comes to defense. Hey, Mark, a couple of quickies will spring. You really appreciate your time on a busman's holiday. Uh, I have the old what-if bell here, which I've... Had for 30 years, sometimes that's in sports. Well, what if this, you know, Murph? What if the? All right, here's a what if for all of us, all right? What if somehow the Cubs do make it to the World Series? Is Joe Madden still coming back? Or let's say, what if they win the World Series? Is Joe Madden back next year? I don't know. I keep thinking you could see a Johnny Keene situation, 1964. Oh, yeah. I talk, Johnny called me up. He <laughs> says, what the heck is going on? He says, Yogi's getting fired by the Yankees. I don't know where I'm going to go. What do you think? I, I think that something like that might be in play. Wow. 
All right. I do, too. I agree. So let's bring it back here more to hopefully not reality, but let's bring it back. Jesse Rogers, you've run into the little guy a few times. Uh, I know he's never picked up the dinner tab when you're on the road, but uh, Jesse said about two weeks ago on ESPN 1000, he goes, I got nothing to base this on, just my gut feeling. But he says, David Ross, I think he'd be the guy. And again, based on nothing, he wasn't scooping or breaking anything. Do you have a front runner or uh, how would you uh, uh, handicap uh, uh, this? I'm with Jesse on that one, 100. percent Totally 100. percent I think there's a lot of a lot of balls in play, but if you look at uh, what the current roster is, and even if there's a little shakeup, I think he would be the natural guy to step in if there if there's a change. Ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> what if, if there is a change? So. Uh, Everyone likes him in the sense that players, they respect him is a better word. The players like him. They respect him. Uh, Rick Sutcliffe told a great story here on ESPN 1000 uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Mark, he talked about uh, David Ross's uh, you know, first uh, year down in spring training with the Cubs. And uh, they were doing uh, rundown drills, you know, uh, down there on some backfields uh, in uh, Arizona. And uh, the shortstop at the time, I think he was talking about, did he finally mention uh, Sean Dunn? I mean, uh, uh, Stalin Castro? I don't know. But he said the shortstop was half, you know, half blank in it, dog in it. And uh, Suckler said, David Ross, brand new, just brought in that, you know, brand new, walked up to this shortstop and read him out, read him to riot act. That's not, no wonder you never win around here, you know. So David Ross, he's got the uh, the short fuse. Uh, he's, uh, you know, Theo obviously likes him. Uh, uh, he might be the front runner on many different reasons, right? Yeah, in fact, I'll, I'll double down on that and say that I saw David Ross, one of his first workouts, get on Rizzo for not executing a rundown properly. So um, he's a guy that's not afraid to, to speak up and and say what he thinks is right, regardless of who he's addressing that to. Good stuff. That's good. Good yeah. stuff. Hey, Mark, now go out. You know, go go to the uh, cleaners, pick up the shirts. Uh, you know, enjoy your uh, day today, okay, buddy? We really appreciate your personal time. Anything for you guys. You know that. You're the best. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Appreciate Mark. it. All right, pal. Take care. But you too. Mark Gonzalez, Cubs Tribune beat guy. Lots to cover, Fred, but you got something first. I sure do. A perfect day. I'm looking at cars going by right now. There's a Jeep just passing us right now, the Jeep Renegade. You want to check them out or any of the Jeeps or Dodges or Chryslers? How'd you recognize that Jeep so quick? That really happened. It was. was. That was not a planned ad lib. No, it wasn't. It was real. Yeah, my niece, uh, my niece Katie, (laughs) has a uh, Jeep Renegade and loves it. I've been in a great car. You can check them out at Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview. You get a low price, a whole lot more. More. They've got everything you need. They've got the advertised prices that are out there. They don't change when you come in. They're the same price. At Fields, they want to earn your business, and they will not mislead you. Check out the Renegade. Check out the Cherokee. Or how about the Gladiator? Nice, big car. I had a chance to drive it a little bit about a week or so ago. Go over to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview, or visit them at FieldCJD.com. We've been guest heavy. That means when we return, we'll get to the phones. If you want to get in earlier, dial quickly. It's 312. And it's 332-3776. That's 332-ASPN. Hey, we even have some Bears items back on the Cubs and Sox and more. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000.
together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Halfway home on a busy Saturday. Me, I'm Mike Murphy. Him, he's Fred Hubner. We'll get to the phones. We got Twitter polls going. I see the uh, Cubs had a uh, bat. The Iowa Cubs last night, Fred. Here was their batting order. Elmora led off. Zobras batted second. Okay. Bodie batted third. Uh, does Kelso clean up? Well, that's because they just want to make sure that all those four guys get, get the uh, most at bats. Zagunas batted fifth. He was in right field member the first two months of the yep. year, extra man. Yep. And uh, Robel was at it. Robel Garcia batted sixth. Uh, they lost three to one. To uh, Nashville, they got a total of six hits. Tyler Davis, Taylor Davis, whatever, the crazy catcher. He batted ninth, hit the grand slam. Starting pitcher, Albert Alzale. They lost three to one. Let's go to the phones. They're not even hitting in the minors. Exactly. That's not good. Let's go to, oh, I love Lowell, Indiana. You just, you go over there, you, you go through, you go, you take the Mannheim Road at Route 45, you cut on over, you go through Beecher, you get on a little Route 17, you sneak around. Before you know it, you're where Gary is in Lowell. Hello, Gary. Hey, hi, guys. I really enjoy your show and. I have, like, two points I'd like to ask you. All right. Uh, The first is, the last couple days the Cubs played, the wind's blowing in. And they don't do well. They they had that one-nothing game, and then yesterday was a disaster. But they just don't adjust. You guys have already mentioned this, that they don't adjust on their hitting, you know, to they're still trying for home runs. So I, I I don't know I I think that they they ought to be playing for you know singles and doubles instead of trying for home runs. Hold that thought, Gary. I ninety percent in line with you. But just let the record show. Chris Bryant yesterday, after a couple bad at bats, uh, one he tried to. Uh, I didn't think it was wise, no. but just but from from your perspective, I don't think anybody did. Let the record show: the Cubs are losing four to nothing. It's the fourth inning. There's a runner on. Runner on first with one out. Bryant tries to lay down a bunt for a hit. Yeah. Now he pops it out to the catcher. That okay, poor execution. Even if he lays it down though for a hit, you know. But maybe he said, "I know Gary and Lowell. He said the wind's blowing in, and so I'm going to lay. Then we'll have two men on, and we're we're down by four, and there was still one out. And Rizzo and Baez, maybe they can hit a gapper, or maybe hit one through the wind. But overall, I know what you're saying, Gary. Uh, and the worst was Hayward yesterday trying to yank into the wind three different times outside uh, corner and then he rolled over to second base 4-3 or shortstop in the shift but I, I know what you're saying yeah well uh, yes uh, and and uh, you know my other point is uh, Chris Bryant I'm, I'm, he's, he's, a, he's an excellent player but you know the ball is juiced the way it is it goes up, it goes far and everything uh, he's got that batting stance and he's got that uppercut swing where it seems like he's he catches it, you know, he catches it and hit home hits some home runs, but it's such an uppercut swing that his his the bat going through the the the, the plane is not there all the time, 
he doesn't have very, you know, much time to, to connect. Right, so what's so, your bottom line? What's your point? You are correct. I'm just saying that he needs, I don't think he needs to have that uppercut swing. But that's his, all right, now, that is a great point, but Gary, that's his bread and butter. That's his swing. Yeah. You know, he, these guys, they've been swinging like that since Little League. It's hard, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah. do you think he can just change his swing when the wind's blowing in? Well, that's well, why he tried to bunt for a hit. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, he, he's not <laughs> in practice. Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks. Well, like, shouldn't, again. shouldn't an MVP like Chris Bryant be able to change his approach that's when fun. it comes to the bat? Like, obviously, he can't change his swing. He has a very long up, upward mm-hmm. swing, but his approach, like uh, you said, the wind's blowing in, and they got three hits in the last two games. Sounds easy. So it's, it's just a matter of approach. Like, how if you can't hit the ball out, they can't do anything lately. Well, that's what the caller was saying, but yeah. the point is, now, okay, Rizzo is a different breed. He can do what you're saying. The one to nothing victory on Thursday, how'd they get the one run? Two out man on third, punched the ball over the shortstop's head. Right. Soft, clean, base hit. Looks like a line drive in the sc- Nice hit, boom. That was a nice hit, yeah. But he shortened up and went the other way, got him in because it went. So he is able yeah. or, to adapt. He chokes up. You can see it. Now, can you see Bryant choking up? No. And, and standing right on the plate and then punching it over second base? That's not him. No. So, I mean, Eric raises great points, but, you know, not everybody can do what Rizzo does. No, and the thing is, in the minor leagues, years ago, p- players, and I mentioned this a couple times, l- years ago, players used to stay in the minor leagues till they were ready to come up to the big leagues. They could do a lot of things. I know it sounds stupid, and I'm saying that, that he wasn't ready to come to the, mi- the major leagues. He was ready because of the way he hit. But mm-hmm. that's all they care about now. You can hit, you're going up. They're not worried if you can hit for, you know, you can hit in the clutch. They're not worried about if you can put the bat on the ball. They just want to, you're a home run guy, you're coming up. You're coming right up. You this, this Aquino, I mean, he's been around for a little while, this Aristides Aquino. He's got 12 homers now in 22 games. But, you know, he's been around. Now he can hit homers. Uh, we'll see what his longevity is. Right now he's red hot. There's going to be an organization. All right, let's go back to Moneyball. Right? Uh-huh. And then, remember, I misdated that recently. I thought it was about 20 years ago. Oh, it was only 17. Yeah, it's not that far. Whatever. Yeah. The advent of uh, Moneyball, uh-huh. which was basically on base percentage, revolutionized everything. And I remember saying way back then, I said, well, what happens when all 30 teams yeah. are doing the same thing? They're all looking for the on base guys. Well, now all 30 teams are doing what you were just talking about. Looking for the home run guys. So it'll happen. And it's probably happening right now. There's an organization, some sharp guys somewhere, maybe two, three, four, five teams, and they're saying, all right, don't let this leave the room. We're, we're, this is what we're drafting. We're signing our, our, you know, our, early, our long uh, era, short seasons, excuse me, short season teams down in our, our, our extended uh, era, camp. We're working on something different, and we're going to have guys that are getting that doubles hitters up the you know something's going to switch. But except except the one thing is the Cubs drafted two years in a row the guys that were known as the best pure hitters, mm-hmm. and the White Sox just did it this year in Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, the Cubs did it with Schwarber and Hap. Have you seen anything in Schwarber and Hap to show that they're pure hitters? No, they're power hitters. They're guys that can hit for power. Well, not Elmora. 
Would you call him a power hitter? Anyway, go on. No, not Elmore. I I'm, said Happen, happen, I'm sorry. happen Schwarber. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Elmore, too. Okay, right, go ahead. You're right. I'm sorry. Those yeah. two guys were, were the best pure hitters in the draft. Yeah. Well, they're not pure hitters. They're home run guys. Schwarber's a home run guy. Hap's a home run guy. They're not going to hit for high average. They never will. Then, then knucklehead number two, Bobo number two, Jason McLeod over there with uh, Theo and uh, and Jed Hoyer. So this time they draft Nico Horner. Always oh, a shortstop, and of course Theo. Well, I draft shortstops, and I can move him anywhere. Well, now they find out he's not a shortstop because he doesn't have the hose. They find out then he's also a uh, brick. Uh, you know, he's a brick at second base, meaning you know his glove is like a brick. Uh, he can't play center uh, because he doesn't have the foot speed and he doesn't have any power. So of the five tools, yeah, he can hit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, and you know they need guys. You need guys that are. But that's not a number one pick that can only hit. No. I he mean, can't play anywhere. I'm eager to see when the White Sox bring up this Nick Madrigal whenever he does come up. Yeah, he's a guy that gets on base. Oh yeah, he's not a home run hitter. He's five six. He's mm-hmm. not going to hit home runs. Okay, and uh, it's funny because even when he was drafted, people said, "Well, he may not be able to hit for power." He's five six. He shouldn't hit for power. He's there. How many Jose Altuve's are there? Oh, one. No. One. There's only one. Uh, you need guys that can hit the ball, be gappers, hit the ball, get over the base. Yeah, what Chris Bryant said is right. In Major League Baseball, you're not going to get on base. You're not going to get on. You're not going to get hits if you don't get the ball into the outfield. That's what he's always been taught from his dad, who learned from who learned from the, some of the best hitters in baseball. Most power hitters have never in 150 years gone the other way. No. No. Most right, most yeah. There's, yeah. there's always oh, there's sure. always the other guys. Oh yeah, yeah. But but you look at it. You got to get the ball through the out in you know through the infield. I'll give you one. Hey, EO eleven. You ever hear of? Well, I'm sorry, Ernie Banks. You've heard of him? How many homers he hit? Five hundred and twelve. All right, Ernie right. Banks. Right, right handed. You know how many of those five hundred and twelve homers he hit to right field? I know this answer. Zero. Is it zero? Yeah, no, it's okay. zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he actually, this is weird. They, when the Montreal Expos, they were an expansion team. They came in first year or two. They played in this like little league field called Park Jari, Jerry Park in Montreal. Chain link fence, no, and the lighting. They had like no lights in the outfield. It was like unbelievably See, bad. You're right? talking about the one I saw. Ernie hit a ball, and it was a homer to right field. But the second base umpire you know, ran out there and said. But to ground rule double. He thought it bounced. So the only homer he ever really hit the right Didn't field, count. ground rule double. Fantastic. I thought it did bounce. No. Oh, well, okay. that's what the call was. Yeah. No. Okay. It was clean over it. So you're saying <laughs> power hitters don't normally go to the opposite no, field? No, I, no, no, hold on, hold on. So you're saying yeah. Chris Bryant's power hitter, yet in the NL, not in all of baseball, he's 26th yeah. in home runs. So that power hitter isn't mm-hmm. even becoming, or that's, isn't that power hitter we wanted? These days, no. Now, he has hit some to center and to right center. He has, you know, right, it's funny, right-handed hitters, they have more power, actually, to right center for the long, long, and left-handed hitters, vice versa. Well, think of Javi. When when Javi's oh, yeah. when Javi's with it, he's hitting mm-hmm. balls to right center. He hits he hits home runs to, to straight away right. I'll tell you something. The two At Wrigley uh, for the most part documented until maybe the last few years ago. The two longest home runs in the history of Wrigley Field both almost hit the old scoreboard. Scoreboard right, and one was by a right-handed hitter Clemente, and his was to the right field side. 
And the other was uh, a left-handed hitter. Uh, it was Bill Swish Nicholson back in World War. He's a lefty, and he was the one that just missed it to the other side. So I don't care what era you're in. You have a lot of power the other way if you drive if you drive the outside pitch and stay within you know inside yourself we uh, have some twitter polls we'll get to when we return and interesting the iowa cubs had a bunch of what you would almost say are regulars played last night uh dean ellis said he'll touch base in the uh, and we're next still gonna hour. get to uh, tim anderson next tim anderson and uh yon moncada uh tim anderson so all you white Sox fans on fire. Tune in. back in a flash espn 1000 The station being the uh, 35th Street uh, stop on the red line. You know, you know the greatest thing about our bathroom here at Staten, uh, the um, first Midwest I know Bank what I studio. think you're going to say, but I'm not sure. It's when you're at the urinal and you can feel the southbound red line subway rumbling under your feet, making oh. a stop at Lake Street. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say there are three ways to dry your hands oh, in there. all right. There's a blow dryer and yeah. there are, there are, there's a, a receptacle that has towels you can right. pull out. Right. And another one where you wave your hand and the towel comes out. Yeah. So there's three different ones right. in a two urinal, one uh, stall or two stall bathroom. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna say uh, the third way was or you can use your shirt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well you could. <laughs> shirt, shorts, no, whatever you no, got. No, I would use your shirt. No, no, no. Yeah. That's not happening. All right, let's bring in EO eleven uh with our Twitter poll question. Uh was Sox fans are you happy? With Ricky Rick Renteria's batting order construction, uh, yes, most of the time, some of the time, rarely. The reason we brought this up, there was uh, a little talk this week, and as Paul Sullivan wrote uh, uh, the other day, after Renteria reiterated his feelings on lineup construction, I asked him, "Well, who's ripping your lineups uh, in the first place?" and uh, Rick Renneria replied to Paul Sullivan, quote, Well, I think everybody now, you know, has the ability to go on Twitter and everyone has the ability to draw information, which they are welcome to. I was just stating my opinion. I want to be succinct and clear of who I am. I'm not really knocking people, which it may have sounded like I was doing. But anyway... I wouldn't care if he did either. Uh, if I was manager, people, fans would hate me. But if we won, it wouldn't matter. Well, let's see how the White Sox fans voted. What do you have there, EO11? Were the Sox fans, are they happy with the lineup batting order construction of Mr. Renteria? We'll start from the bottom go up with uh-huh. 11%. Yes, they're happy. With see? 20% saying mostly happy. Right, 30%. 30% says yeah. sometimes happy. 38% right. says they are rarely happy with Rick Renteria's lineup. Well, that's a big number, 38. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you a question. You're In your lineup, you have John Jay, Lurie Garcia, Adam Engel, and Yolmer Sanchez. So how good of a lineup are you going to put together with those four there? Now, when Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal and all these other guys get here, then you worry about it. But until then, calm down, everybody. And he's also trying to, you know, make a line, a batting order that has some uh, logic to it. 
you know, you don't want to put three righties no. together or three lefties because then in the seventh, eighth inning, they can bring in their lefty and plow, plow through your three guys. So it's not as easy as just, well, here, put, put this guy here. But as he, long as you have Tim Anderson in the lineup, that's all that matters right now. So how hot is he? T.A., Tim Anderson, and again, people say, well, you've been criticizing Tim Anderson. He still leads the major leagues in errors with 20, and he's played 50 less games than some of these people. So he's got to fix that. But in his last 10 games, his 10-game hitting streak, he's 20 for 44 for a four fifty-five average. He's got 20 errors in 93 games, but for the year, he is hitting uh, three thirty-two, three fifty-four on base and a four ninety-nine slug. So he's uh, doing a pretty darn good job of it right now. I remember sometime, boy, was it in May, mid-May, or he was at 340 still. And people were saying, oh, you know what, wait till the season's over. He can't sustain this. Uh, 340, are you kidding me? Now, where's he at now? Yeah, he was 337 in the end of May. All right. Or near the end of May. Uh-huh. Right now he's hitting 320, uh, 332. He's third in the major, uh, third in the American League in hitting. Behind just Urshela and uh, Brantley. And where's DJ? DJ's right. tied, tied with uh, Tim Anderson at 332. See, Tim Anderson is so key. I've said this for three years. When Tim Anderson looked like he was, you know, maybe 50 50, you yeah. didn't know. I'm saying, boy, if he can be the shortstop, then you don't, if you're Rick Hahn, you don't have to worry then about, oh, who am I going to trade? I got to move a guy over there. If when you're set there, now you could be set at first, second, third, and short. Right. Right, and that's what they're going to need because you got Moncada at third. Now he's back uh, last couple of days after his hamstring injury. Uh, two for four both days with a homer and a double both days. And the homers uh, were blasts. He's hitting the heck out of oh. the ball. And uh, it's great to see him back in the lineup. Now they got to get Eloy back. It could be later on today. Eloy Jimenez maybe comes back after this hip problem. I know Paul Sullivan says in the paper today, uh, his the, the headline, which I'm sure he doesn't write, heard often Jimenez has to play to be elite. Or he has to be Quintana, one of the two. Dylan Cease, quality start. Now he had a rough first inning. His it was head, a brutal first inning. Yeah, three-run homer. Three-run homer. He get, they was down 3 nothing after four hitters. You know, the walk was squeezed. It could have been a strike. But regardless of that, after they cleared out the three-run homer, the last five innings, one hit, no Ernie's, no walk, yeah. and nine strikeouts. He I retired mean, 11 in a row at oh, one point. And then how about the Sox bullpen last night? Three innings. Perfect. No hits, no walks, uh, four strikeouts. Yeah, um, Marsh, yeah, Marshall, Bummer, and Colome, yeah. and uh, they pitch real well. Marshall's back at it. He had a he had a brutal game on the road, uh, and he pitched miserably. But uh, yeah, they after giving up three in the first, they mm-hmm. knew they could get to Lance Lynn. They got four runs off him in the past. Twenty seven thousand tickets sold. It was El- people Elvis love night. it. Elvis night. They, they all wore it. they all wore the fake sideburns. Oh my good pal Steve Stone had a funny thing that thing on his head there. Yep. You see that? Uh huh. All right, I did. I know we're running we'll late. Bird's nest <laughs> back in the. Flash, we're going to hear, hey, the Iowa Cubs, well, they're batting, they're lining up batting order last night. Elmora, Zobras, Bodie, Descalso, Zagunas, uh, Robo Garcia. We're going to find out how that turned out. And uh, Bears talk, Sox talk, stick around. Hour number three after this. It's ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, live from the first Midwest Bank Studios on State Street, WMVP Chicago. Uno, dos. 
Let's take a look at our two new Twitter polls for this hour. All right, Bears fans, vote now at ESPN 1000. All right, uh, Coach Nagy, he's a trendsetter, not playing 25 of the quote-unquote starters. Right. There's only 22 starters. Well, there's the the nickel, there's the slot. Not playing the 25 starters, he's a trendsetter. Uh, That'll be the rest of the preseason. A, smart move. B, short-sighted. Very simple. Yeah. Just a lot of chatter. Let's just find out exactly what you say. Just so you know, uh, tonight when the Bears play the Colts, you, me, and Eric are going to play as many snaps as the Bears starters. That's exactly right. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hope I don't uh, hurt myself. I don't want to pull anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, that wouldn't be good. Also, vote now. This is not just Bears fans. All fans, all fans. Who does Bears, this is multiple choice, who does Bears head coach Matt Nagy, of these four names, remind you the most of, all right? Who does Matt Nagy remind you of the most of? A, Ricky Renteria. B, Joe Madden. C, Jim Boylan. D, see where we're going here? Jeremy Colleton, all right? Oh, uh, there's right. that. Uh, this should be 100%. Manager Renteria, manager Madden, head coaches Boylan and Colleton vote now. Who reminds you most of Matt Nagy voted ESPN 1000? But let's go. Oh, one of my favorite towns, Des Moines, Iowa. The Field of Dreams, well, Principal Stadium's pretty cool also. Not to, like, hop in the car. I'd like to hop in the car. I said, Dana, we should go now. Look at the lineup, the batting order last night. Almora, Zobrist, Bodie, Descalso, Zagunas, and uh, Robel Garcia. Remember who we first heard about Garcia from, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Right here. Our guy. Dean Ellis. Voice of the Iowa Cubs now on ESPN 1000 in Chicago with Mike Murphy and Fred Humner. Hey, morning, Dean. Hey, good morning, guys. Always fun to talk with you. You were the first guy. He said, keep an eye on Garcia. He's going to knock on the door. He had a nice little run here. He knocked. He hit a few. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun guy. But last night, unbelievable. You got like a major league team. All the years that you've been involved with uh, minor league baseball and specifically, Dean Ellis, the Iowa Cubs, has there ever been a game like last night where he had so many, you know, major league guys, Elmora, Zobras, Bodie, Descalzo, Zagunas, Garcia, and uh, batting in the nine hole, a uh, Taylor Davis, starting pitcher, Albert Elzale. That was an amazing night. It was at, at the end of the game, and we, we looked out in the field. Rosario was pitching, so seven of the nine guys on the field were with the at play for the Chicago Cubs at some point this season. Huh. And the two guys that hadn't had big league time, right fielder Johnny Field and our first baseman last night, Philip Evans, both had big league time. So yeah, n- nothing quite like this. The the uh, quantity we've had, you know, lots of quality as far as rehabs go through the through the years. But uh, man, just to have this many guys that. And they're accomplished big leaguers all playing for the AAA team right now. And very cool for the fans. I've been many uh, times uh, over the years. Uh, go go to Des Moines, Fred Hubner, and uh, I mean the fans are great. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Thirteen thousand turned out yesterday. Well, I was going to say you know, how the Cub fans turn out. They love their AAA team, but it's an extra bonus to be able to see the uh, the big guys, right? 
Bad it is. Of course, you guys haven't mentioned that we lost last night. Well, <laughs> I now we're going to bury that yeah, one. We buried yeah. the lead, as Fred well, said. The worst yeah. part is you got you got Tim Fedorovich, a former Cub, actually drove in two runs for the opposition. FedEx. That's it. Yep, that's exactly right. He he had a real nice at bat uh, against Underwood and, and knocked one out the right field and, and won the game for them in, in the ninth inning. So Elmora uh, led off. He went one for four. I'm sure he was in center. Zobris does bad. so. Uh, Zobris, everyone's talking about here. You know, when's he coming? Is it September first or August thirty first to be in the postseason? So he was what in the two hole at second base, I guess. That's correct. Yes, yes. Uh, Really, all those guys right now aren't aren't really hitting as well as they can. Almora, uh, since he's been here, he has, has had a great attitude about coming back and trying to get better and working hard. In fact, he showed up in less than 24 hours when they have 72 to report. He's 4 for 23. Zobrist is 2 for 12. Which, what's nice is he's only struck out once, but I don't think his timing is there yet. Uh, Descalso is 2 out of 11. They've been working him pretty slowly with that ankle, but so far so good with his ankle. In fact, those two hits were uh, home runs in, in uh, the first two games he played on rehab in Memphis, one to left field and one to right field. Uh, David Bodie, somewhat of a slow start down here, one for ten, including uh, five strikeouts. So all the guys still need some more work. Is Bodie at third base? No, Bodie's been playing short. He's been playing shortstop to Scalso more at third and Ben Zobrist has looked really good at second base. The arm is there, uh, you know, still still a very accomplished fielder. Hmm. And I think he looks fast to me, still looks like he has his speed. And I think the only thing lacking is the timing of the home plate. It was Last night was a good game for him because he got to hit right-handed. They had left-handers Nashville last night, so Ben got up there from the right side. And at least in the you know, few games he's had with Iowa, it's been mainly hitting from the uh, left side. Earlier in the season, the Cub fans got a chance to see uh, Alzale up here. He got the start yesterday. How'd he look? He, You know, he's still inconsistent. He'll just dominate for an inning, and then he'll have that inning where his command isn't there, might walk a couple of guys, and then leave a ball up and hit, give up home runs. So, for me, he's still been inconsistent. The pitch counts are always too high. They'll... They really limit him on pitches. Uh, Seventy to ninety has been the limit here in recent weeks, and and he's usually you know gives us four maybe into the fifth inning. So uh, I'm I'm guessing he'll be called up in September, but more so to pitch in in long relief. So does Kelso uh, with the ankle? That's why he's at third because he probably doesn't have the mobility. But you want Zoe at second anyway, and Bodie uh, because the Cubs, uh, you know, now they do have their backup shortstop in uh, Russell, but they're trying to make sure that Bodie can play short. So it sounds odd, but I guess it makes sense for Zobras to be at second, Bodie at short, and does Kelso at third. I'm guessing if they weren't all here together, then they could kind of shift them around. You know, mm. if it was only Bodie, then he might play more so short, but also second and third, also Descalso. He has played a game at second base, so all they right. have moved him around. But you know, I think that's part of the dilemma right now is to have all these big league guys here at one time. Other than, you know, Albert, you just put him in center field, and he, of course, has been spectacular out there. And, and again, he's just trying to get a little better at that home plate and improve that hitting. Have you seen anything or a drop-off in the, um, I don't know, I guess the enthusiasm of a Robel Garcia? Because he came up here, and like we said, he he had, he had a couple of homers, he had a couple of nice games, and then went back down. Have you seen that? Did that have any effect on him? Oh, boy, it definitely did. He came back here. The first few games he hit okay, but then he went into up until 
the other night he had a home run in the ninth inning in a game where we were losing nine to one, made it nine to four that we lost. But he had been two for twenty nine up until that at bat, and he got that home run. And then the next day, which would be two days ago, he had two hits, including the game winning RBI. He's swinging the bat a little better, but I think there was a drop off. And for me, it's it's just that uh, mentality you have to overcome that you know he got to the big leagues, especially the first time you're up there and sent back and. You know, you kind of get that feeling that this is where I want to be and I belong up here. And he had a lot, had some success up there, you know, hitting the long ball. So I'm thinking, hey, I can I can play with these guys. And then all of a sudden, after a month, he's back here. So that that's a lot to overcome. That's the first time he's had to go through this. But I believe he's he's through that slump and he hopefully has a strong finish. And again, another guy that would be a good September recall if right. nothing else to come off the bench to give you a pinch at home run. Wow. Always great to catch up with you, Dean. We didn't think we'd have Dean back on this year. You know, he filled, he came in a couple times during the year with some uh, AAA, and then we're going to look at the lineup. Uh, fireworks night tonight, or what's what's that, what's going on there now at the principal? Uh, tonight, uh, probably just the big league guys in the lineup. The weather's been great. The team's in uh, first place. We're trying to clinch. Our magic number is five. Nice. With uh, Memphis behind it. But uh, I think just these this big league lineup uh. is going to draw us another big crowd. And it's been wonderful weather. And, and before I forget, I wanted to mention uh, uh, something a little different that yeah. we haven't talked about. But we played Memphis recently. And they've got, I wanted to mention for the Cardinals, they've got this outfielder named Carlson. Mm. 20 years old, a switch hitter, has power, looks really good. I don't think he'll he'll get up this this season, but man, the Cardinals got a good kid on the way, Carlson. And then we just played San Antonio, yeah, and Milwaukee. That's their their affiliate. And Shelby Miller and Jimmy Nelson looked really good. Miller had a very strong start, was thrown in the mid 90s, uh. and just great control. So I'm thinking he'll get called up and good start for the Brewers. And Nelson is now pitching in relief, but he he had two outings against us where. He just dominated. So, again, keep an eye on those two guys that could help the, the Brewers, uh, you know, as they try to move back into contention in the Central. See, Dean, I was, in a, good, I was in a good mood till you brought the Cardinals and the Brewers uh, guys up. <laughs> yeah, I, I wondered if I should do that. <laughs> no, but again, no. Those, no, no, that's good. Those guys really have stood out here in the last couple of weeks of the players that we have seen. No. That's great to hear. That's great to hear because uh, you know Cub fans looking forward. Ah. You got you got the Cardinals a half game ahead and still uh, the Brewers behind them, and uh, it's going to be a tight race the rest of the rest of the season. So is this the last home stand? When's the season end? Is this the last chance for fans, uh, you know, in Western Illinois to get on over there? No, we uh, we have a game tonight and tomorrow's a day game. Then they're on the road for four down in Oklahoma City. Uh And by the way, the kid that Lux kid you hear a lot about is. Is another one that's going to be a really good player. And then we finish the season uh, back here, August 30, 31, September 1, 2, against Memphis, and that's the team that is in second place behind us. The Cardinals are, are second in the division. And, again, we need just uh, uh, that combination of uh, their losses and our wins adding up to five, and we'll win the pennant. So we're hoping that, you know, it's all settled by the time they come to town. If not, it would be a pretty exciting finish to the season. But, no, we're back here also that that Labor Day weekend. Correct. Go I-Cubs. That's what they call them down there. There you go. The I-Cubs. Dean Ellis, always a pleasure, and we appreciate your personal time. Dean, thanks, my friend, and have a great offseason. 
Thank you. Same to you guys. Enjoy football season with the Bears. I love that poll today. That's a good one. A tough one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thanks, well, Dean. Dean, you're welcome to vote at ESPN 1000 right now. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> See you later, buddy. No, and that's great. That's actually great information because you wonder, and there are, there are Brewer fans listening. We get all kinds of fans, but uh, Jimmy Nelson and Shelby Miller. I mean, if, if you know the Brewers pitching has been uh, one of the things holding them back this year. Can you believe and if they that? They get a couple of pitchers for that last month. It's going to make this race even more interesting uh, you know, down the stretch because the Cardinals are hitting the heck out of the ball. They got really good pitching. Flaherty has like four or five tremendous outings yeah, in a row. And he had a, he had, they were up 8 nothing last night. They ended up winning 8-3. to three, So it's going to be a rough one all the way down the stretch. Vote right now. Then we'll bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski. Want to get your uh, your results here. Two Bears. Well, one Bears Twitter poll and one encompassing Coach Nagy. Vote right now. Uh, Coach Nagy well, I call him a trendsetter. I think we all sort of agree. Uh, one of the leaders, anyway, in not playing starters, the 25 starters, starters in quotes, you know right. what I mean, right. for uh, t- uh, tomorrow night or the rest of the preseason. It's been chatted about and talked about ad in, uh, infinitum here. Not, not ad nauseum. No. No, because we don't get sick about talking it. But it, it has been ad infinitum, okay. which is a positive way to say what we But I want to find out right now from the Murph and Fred the fans out there how you're going to vote. Give you a couple more minutes. Uh, Coach Nagy not playing the starters the rest of the way. Very simple. A or B. Smart or B. Short-sighted. And uh, this is for all fans. Matt Nagy. Who does he remind you the most of? Manager of the White Sox, Rick Renneria, the Cubs, Joe Madden, head coaches of the Bulls and the Blackhawks, Jim Boylan or Jeremy uh, Colleton. Fred, uh, most people wouldn't even know who Jeremy Colleton is. That's why I said head coaches of the (laughs) Bulls and the Blackhawks. (laughs) Yeah. I know. So. He had a nice little run Hey, their tickets went on sale today. Single game tickets on sale today. And he's rightfully, I, I read a few uh, his quote. I mean, he gets to have now his own training camp. Sure. His, I mean, when you get thrown in like he was, you know, it's not easy. No. Not saying that, you know, he wasn't up to it. or it's, But it's tougher to come in in the middle, I would guess. You know, how could it not be, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, three three two three seven seven six. any of our... Earlier topics. This would be a good time if you want to jump in. We got the lineups. We got the lineups for today. Not with the nicknames on the back no, again. Because I don't understand that. Are they wearing white the whole weekend? Is it? I think it was just t- like yesterday, because they sure? did it last weekend. It was only for one day, wasn't it? Well, that was the Little League World Series one. Or the Little... oh, that's okay. Yeah. So I think this is the whole weekend. Right. It's called the Players' Weekend. So um, the lineups pretty much the same. Joe wasn't listening before him when we were talking with Mark Gonzalez. Uh, about moving Castellanos up. Uh, Hayward's leading off again in center field. Castellanos in right. Bryant at third. Rizzo at first. Um, Baez is at shortstop with Schwarber in left. Caratini behind the plate with Kemp and Quintana. I believe it's the same other than the catcher as yesterday. Then Yesterday was Lucroy, right? Hayward, Contreras, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber. Lucroy yesterday, Kemp and the pitcher. So it's the same as like, for catcher, right? Oh, Hap played last yesterday, right? He start? No, he didn't. Yeah, he came in later. They they threw a lot of people in. He played the whole roster yesterday. Well, there's trying to get some see, hits. Tip of the hat to Theo to, to handcuff your manager. <laughs> they've, they've got three men on the bench. Now the American League that's common. In the National in American League, League, that's almost too many. Well, bingo. Yeah, but in the National League, you know, 
you want to pinch hit. So what Joe has to do, he has to make double switches ahead of time to make sure the pitcher never gets there. Right. And it's so yesterday's bench was uh Luke was uh Caratini. yesterday. Caratini. Yeah. Car- okay, Caratini uh, Russell and, and Hap. Yeah. The day before Luke Roy Russell and Kemp. Uh the day before Caratini Hap and Russell. It's ridiculous to play with a three man bench, but with the new style of you know Pitching in, you know, get the pitcher out after five, and then you, you got uh, what are they gonna uh, do? Uh, two-thirds of an inning. That, I don't know. Has that each. been okay? Has, has yeah. it been has the thing with pitching to three hitters? I heard the commissioner, I believe on the uh, uh, ESPN, the uh, morning right. show, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., the... Uh, Golic and Wingo. Thank you, yes, uh-huh. yes. And the commissioner, this was a couple months ago, and he sort of threw in... And of course, uh, you know, blah blah, and and we'll have the uh, three better minimum next year, and and it, he said it like it was a done deal. Right. I've never heard before or after that it is. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was supposed to be, but I hadn't heard much about it. But uh, that's gonna that's gonna change a lot of things in baseball. Oh yeah, see, it really is, and uh, we'll see how how those things work. Because it, it's funny too, because Renteria has a tendency of pulling a guy after one out in in an inning, and then bringing somebody else in, and that'll that'll change also. All right, something happened yesterday, Fred. Now, to me, this proves it. Here's another uh, instance of you being in the forefront, all right? Uh-huh. You, you being first, and then I quickly jumped on your coattails and uh, can boast that I was the second to okay. run. That it doesn't matter what baseball does to speed up pace, shorten the length of the game, that all of a sudden... 20, 30, 40-year-olds that have never watched baseball are all of a sudden going to watch it. Right. You were the first one to say this, right? Yeah. And I was uh, like the second one because I glommed on. Like you're going to shorten the game 20 minutes now. Well, now I'll watch it. It's only t- two hours and 48 minutes instead of three hours and 12 minutes. Now me, and we'll bring Eric Ostrowski in on this, me, I'd rather see a game that's Two thirty than three thirty. I mean, you know, hours and thirty. But I'm not yeah. going to not watch it. Well, no. But I plus how do you, plus the problem but with baseball, right? But the problem with baseball is, yeah. you don't know it's going to be three twenty until it gets to that point. Wouldn't that be great? You if You can't did? turn it off at two two fifty eight. That'd be great. It's like well, that's maybe what they got to do. The game ends right now. Two fifty eight. Game's mm-hmm. almost over. Mm-hmm. We got to get it in under three hours. All right. Here's the pitch. Oh. The pitch will not count. The game is over. So here's two hours, 59 minutes. Where Fred is always, well, not always, but you were right on this one. You were first and right on this one. You always said the same thing. If they're not going to watch it, they're, they're never not going to watch it. No, you can make it an hour and a half game. They're not going to watch it. All right. They don't like baseball. They don't like baseball. Okay. So here's what happened. The Cubs played Thursday afternoon. Uh-huh. All right. The final score was one to nothing. Kyle Hendricks beat Jeff Samarja. It was pretty... Now, the wind's blowing in, but whatever. Pretty much what you would call... Hey, E-O-11, you're a young guy. You ever heard the phrase, a old-fashioned pitcher's duel? Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that You don't before. hear it much anymore. Well, we don't have too many well, of them because they're pulled <laughs> after five innings. Right. So it's a pitcher's hangout for a couple minutes. So, that was a nice one the other day. So there's people younger than E-O-11. Yeah. I don't know what how far... Young, that have never heard the phrase. Uh-huh. Unless, you know, their dad or grandpa, you know, says, oh, it used to be old-fashioned pitcher's duel. So, 
I would call this an old-fashioned pitcher's duel. Kyle Hendricks uh, got the win. Smarger got the loss. That was a great game. Thursday afternoon. Yep. Wind blowing in, but not not like 25. Yeah. Blowing in about 8 or 10, 5, 12. Uh, the game was 2 hours, 29 minutes. Okay. That was the final, huh? 229? Yes. Okay. I heard a millennial say. I know where you're going. No, you don't. I think so. Can't say where. Okay. It was a snooze fest. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> I said, no, fine. They now, said snooze fest. Now understand, yeah. Yeah. that millennial, that was their opinion. Right. Doesn't So their opinion is not right or wrong. That's how they looked at it. Two hours, tw- was it 228? 229, yeah. 229, yeah. okay. It was a snooze fest. All right. Well, it was one to nothing. Yeah. All right. It was, to me, an exciting, what was the phrase? Pitcher's duel. Old-fashioned pitcher's duel. The eighth and ninth, uh, Kyle Hendricks won seven innings. Yep. The eighth and ninth inning were very, Kinsler and Ryan and, and Wick come in. It's a one-run game, yep. you know? Wick came oh, in, got the God, last two guys tie, out. It goes extra innings. All hell's going to break loose. Uh, there were, uh, let's see, zero walks added up. Woo! And... Ten strikeouts. Yes, yeah, Marge is getting better as he gets older. Oh, he's terrific this yeah. year. Uh-huh. So, it was a boring... Here, I'm, I misquoted. A boring snooze fest. All right? <laughs> so, the day before, it was 12 to 11 Cubs won in three hours and 31 minutes. Okay. An, hour, just, an hour and two minutes, uh, yeah. two minutes longer. And... Uh, there were a, a total of uh, t- uh, 23, 22 more runs were scored okay. on Wednesday. Uh, sloppy game, seven homers. So that must have been more exciting. And I, how could it not be? There were seven homers. You know, hey. I not like, a snooze fest. Everyone, not well. Not a snooze. So this proves it, Fred. See, you can't have it both ways. No. You can't say that you want the game only lasting you want the game faster. Right. The pace of the game. This game moved right along, you know. And uh, it, it was a snooze fest. That, so people that you're talking about, you've been saying this for years, they're never going to uh, enjoy baseball. If they don't like baseball, it doesn't matter what right. you do. Now, I understand baseball's got to try to change it, but don't change it to the detriment of the people that love the game. Right, because then you think their ratings are bad now? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to lose <laughs> the people that love the game and not bring in people that you think you're going to bring in. Right. So, what happened to our ratings? Well, you lost all the people that you used to have yeah. and you didn't uh, acquire, uh, develop any new ones. Drive, what? Drive past any playground in the, right, <laughs> today. Drive past the playground and see if you see anybody playing pickup baseball. But it's not happening. However, they don't do it. There was a report just yesterday that uh, youth baseball is up dramatically. Yes, but the problem is travel ball. It's travel ball for the most part. It's expensive and it's acing out all the other people because nobody plays in the park. Nobody plays pickup games. Someone posted on Twitter the other day, remember the good old days when you didn't have enough people but you would play and you'd have an an invisible runner at second. Because you'd only have, you'd be playing three on three and you'd have second base to third or we had a sewer between second and third. So it was sewer to third, we'd have three guys. A pitcher, a third baseman, and a left fielder. Oh, I thought you were going to say an Art Carney. No. So when when you had the first guy got on, next guy made it out, next guy made it out. Okay, invisible runner at second, or you know whatever, whatever invisible runner at third, and it would it, 
It was great. You've never heard of this stuff, right? We called it Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner, okay. All right, Ghost Runner on third. I've got to go hit. Yeah, there you go. We had a big like retention pond, big field by my house, and and in the summer, if we didn't play five days a week, that's a bad week. We, we would all just meet there every and, morning. Uh, and that was great. Have, what if you didn't have enough guy? You didn't have a, uh, enough to put a right field opposite field out. Oh, well, always. You, no, well, what we would do, we'd park like one of the Schwinn bikes, like in between, like by right you center. Hit the bike, it's out. At the to the right of the ball, yeah, you're automatically out because you're a goof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ours was ours was a straight line from home plate uh-huh. over the sewer yeah. to left center field. Yeah, so the, that's why we were all pole hitters at Goodwin yeah, School. If the ball went over Austin Avenue, you got a homer. Well, only one guy. Only Jim Bosek got a homer because he batted lefty, and he's the only guy. He and Bob, Bob Goodell, he played, and yes, it, it actually is Eddie Goodell's nephew. And he played with us, and he would hit the ball, but we talk, he knew how. He said, I'll hit the ball that way. Don't worry about it. I can hit the other way. Bob Bobek, I love his sausage, man. That's no, it. Bob Goodell. No, no, the first guy is that Bob Bosek. Go- yeah, the yeah. sausage guy. No, no, no. Oh, that's Bobek. I, yeah. I know. Did you guys I always? This road. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. Did you guys always play pitcher's hand out too? Yes. Like as opposed because you didn't want to have to we stick don't... someone over at first. Yeah, so we didn't your, first your pitcher's base, hand out. Pitcher's as well. hand out. Yeah. Again, that's I don't. Exactly... I wonder if like a 12 year old understands that term. That's exactly the way we called it too. Pitcher's hand yeah. out. Well, who wanted <laughs> to play first base? Are you kidding? Murph and Fred back, and I'm like, yes, we got a little Bears talk, Cubs and Sox. And today's a perfect day. The sun is shining. It's gorgeous weather. You won't be sweating while you're looking for a new car at Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview. They're waiting for you. Go on in. Tell them Fred sent you. You'll get a low price and a whole lot more. They want to make sure that they earn your business. They will not mislead you. The prices you see are the prices you get. Go on over to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview. Tell them Fred sent you. Check out the Jeep, the Gladiators, a cool new ride. Check it out, or you can visit them at fieldcjd.com. Vote now at ESPN 1000. home stretch. Murph and Fred, glad you're with us. Beautiful day. And, uh, here's my favorite part. Tequila. But I can't drink tequila. I did that once in Carbondale. I can. Yeah. You know who taught me to drink tequila? Not me. No, North. Ah. Northy. Yeah. You hear him on the Odds Couple. I do. Yeah, you can also podcast the Odds Couple in case you missed. If you missed the Odds Couple on Friday at 6, it's replay. The encore is right before us from eight to nine on Saturday morning. If you miss the encore, Uh-oh. you can also get the podcast, right, Eric? Yeah, you bet. You go to Carmen and Yurko's page, and then it'll be right there. It'll be labeled the odds. Couple. There you go. Northy gave me a plug. He says, oh, "I was a vendor out there, and uh, Murph and the Blincher Bums walking on the top of the wall before yeah. they put that concrete pyramid on there and the basket." Yeah. Northy taught me to drink tequila, and then he quit drinking. It's like, okay, thanks. Now what am I supposed to do? All right, let's bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski. Got some Twitter polls working right here. Appreciate your votes. And uh, Bears fans, Coach Nagy, well, he's a trendsetter. He's uh, one of the leaders here and not playing the starters, and he won't. Uh, tomorrow are the uh, final uh, games. Uh, uh, final game after that. Smart or short-sighted? You know what? I got to figure this is a runaway. Yeah, yeah I think so. But maybe not. What do we have, Eric? It's definitely a runaway. 85% saying it's smart versus sure. 12% saying it's short-sighted. Or 15%. Yeah. Sorry. The, only thing that makes, the only thing that's negative about it, in my opinion, is you used to watch preseason football. Now, I watch the Bears only because we do what we do. If I was a fan, there's not a chance in hell I would watch this game tonight. No. 
And tonight's going to be a tough one for me to catch anyway. But because no one's playing. We saw the guys that played for the guys that didn't play last week. Yeah. And we're going to see it again next week. This will be history in another couple of years. Bye-bye. There'll yeah. be none. There'll they, be zero. I think oh, what about the money? Yeah. They have to work out a way because they're not going to keep doing it. They'll slow down. They'll, they'll cut it from four to two. No, it'll be zero no, soon. I think they'll cut it from four to two, yeah. but I don't want them to add any more games. I don't Just think Just cut it from four to two and yeah. add an extra bye week if you want to do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad the vote. What was it? I'm sorry. I'm not even listening to my 85. own show. 80, oh, 85. 85%. Wow. 85%. Miss a little, miss a lot, Murph. Well, I, I just did. <laughs> was, 85%. I, I missed a lot and uh, I listened a lot. What? So uh, there used to be a TV show way before your uh, grandparents, uh, uh, Eric, called The Father Knows Best. Starred a guy named uh, Marcus Welby. Yep. You know Marcus no, Welby, start, right? I know, but he won't know okay. the other guy's name. Remember Mark? You don't I even don't know, know Marcus Welby. Okay, no. well then forget about it. <laughs> but instead of Father Knows Best, I think it should be Maggie Knows Best. Okay. You know what? The guy knows best. Now. Everybody, there's been injuries in almost every game. Uh, guys yeah. that are starters right. that should. Last night, yesterday, Baker Mayfield played the first half of the game. He's their guy. Mm-hmm. He's their starting quarterback. Yeah. But, you know, people look at it differently. Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to play the first half tonight when uh, the when the Niners play. So we'll see what happens. Yurko's still on his bandwagon because of uh, E-I-E-I-O-U, uh, Eastern Illinois. Well, and, you know, and for Waddle and Yurko, those were the games where they made their name. Sure. That's that's how they played in the, you know, Tommy Waddle would play the preseason games, and then uh, Coach Ditka would say, Tommy, well, you did a great job. I'm going to cut you anyway. <laughs> and then he would bring him back. Next Twitter poll was, all right, uh, who does Bears head coach Matt Nagy remind you uh, the most of? Uh, Renteria, Madden, Boylan, or Colleton? Here's a, a piece this week. and This uh, one might be more than 85%. The Bears, okay, let's see who wrote this. This is our buddy Pat Patrick Finley at the Sun-Times. The Bears, well, they're in the doldrums right now of the preseason. But Coach Nagy said he's trying to keep things light. Nonetheless, quote, we'll have some fun in meetings. We'll maybe make some jokes on some guys here or there. Prince, that would be cornerback Prince and Mukamara. Prince in particular, we like to pick on him. He's a great guy. Quote, in practice also, here we go. There's that balance of not being too crazy serious and letting the guys be themselves. I feel like that's one of my strengths is probably not sticking to a script. I believe in just, well, if I feel like it's a day where we want to have fun, we do. And it's Club Dub. Oh, by the way, he's from Pennsylvania. Did I mention that? All right. Give us the results. Who of the other four uh, head coach managers in town? Go ahead, EO. All right, we'll go bottom to top again. Uh, Rick Renteria, only 7%. Jim Boylan, 8%. Jeremy Colleton, 14%. So that means Madden got 72%. Yeah. Oh, right. I thought it would have been higher even. All right. Obviously, it was a setup here. All right? I mean, I seeded to the clouds. Uh-huh. Now, uh, they're the same guy. See, Madden and Nagy, they're the same guy. Pups out of the same dog, as Jack Brickhouse used to say. Pennsylvania guys, club dub, you know, the whole thing. The only, the, thing is that, uh, the only thing is that uh, Matt Nagy has double the guys to take care of. Well, good point. Yeah, from 25 to 53. Good point. But let's do a little existential uh, look. And let, and, and, and others, I let's, can't even spell that. Well, let's look to the future. Okay. All right. This is year two for Nagy. Yeah. 
what happened in Joe's year two. We're good, serious. Good things. Super Bowl. Next. Joe's gone now after five years. Let's see. 2018. So 2022 will be the last year for Nagy. And then someone will get tired of somebody. Huh. I mean, if they're the same guy, World Series Super Bowl year two. And now Joe's getting a heave-ho for no apparent reason. But as we talked about when we had Danny Evans on earlier in the first hour, um, football, you can be a repeat winner in football. It happens. It doesn't happen in baseball. Uh, so baseball is a little tougher to repeat. Uh, it happens in basketball. It happens in football. Uh, I'm not sure if it happens but in hockey. But it's not the W's and wins and losses, according to Joe. You know, they'd be keeping him. Yeah. He has more W's in five years, I believe I'm correct, than any other manager no, in the game, right? No, but what I'm saying is that Matt Nagy would have a better chance if the Bears won the Super Bowl to get back to the Super Bowl. Because they, because you can do it in the NFL. Well, the Cubs could have to do got it in back to it if they signed DJ LeMay or, or beefed up the, the the team. But, again, history shows. Mm-hmm. What was the last team in the National League to repeat? Mm-hmm. The Reds? I mean, I don't know. when. It, it, forever. The last team in baseball to repeat was 99 and 2000 Yankees. So it's it's difficult. Tommy Waddle calling in to talk about the big red machine? No, they're all at the what? fantasy. Tommy Watts. They're all at the fantasy football thing. How did, uh, Is that today? Yep. Oh, cool. 115 Bourbon Street. How did it go? They were having a great time, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Hey, so the Cubs were trailing nine to nothing. That's in, not good, right? In the uh, well, they had one hit. What do you? <laughs> what else, What more do you want them to do? So it's the ninth inning. They do score. Uh, they do uh, score three runs in the bottom of the ninth. Three on two hits. They lose nine to three. So they're losing nine to nothing, right? Did you hear this new thing that one of the uh, they're kicking around the? Uh, they call it the mercy rule. Yes, now, I have. Let the record show. Now, today we've talked a bunch of times how you were the first one. To, I'm the first one to say they will have a rule eventually where position players are not allowed to pitch. Okay. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to happen. And one of the ways would be they're talking about the mercy rule, uh-huh. which uh, back in the day we called it the slaughter rule. Yes, we did. But that's not politically that's not, correct. No. So we can't. Uh, slaughter? Yeah. How oh, do no. you think we get those it's, cows? They just cut themselves up. And, you know, they volunteer. It's mercy. You ever hear George Carlin? Absolutely. All right. He's terrific. All right. He had, like, one of his things from the 70s. We should have racked this up. The difference between football and baseball. In in football, uh, you uh, march down the field and you're offensive. And in baseball, you sacrifice. You know, he did a whole thing on that. And, uh, well, that, this was the same thing. He'd be going... Used to be the slaughter rule. Now it's the mercy rule, not the Murphy rule. The no, mercy no. rule. Mercy rule. Okay, regardless of that, so it's nine to nothing, bottom of the ninth. And I'm thinking about this, but then Matt Excursion, he was a guest on ESPN 1000 the other day. Yes, he was and from MLB.com and from ESPN. On, let's see, he was on Tuesday at 11:13 with Caparo. I like the provocative suggestion that that Boone brings up, but I'll say this that the, the, the league's financial business model will never allow for abbreviated sittings like that. Could you imagine, like, how do you explain to your rights holders that you're, you know, you're going off the air because one team stinks, or your beer sales people, or uh, there's just no way. that The financial model of baseball is, bottom line, it's business, and shortening up games like that in, in almost an arbitrary manner, because you could never tell when a mercy rule game is going to hit, 
that just wouldn't fly. So of all the changes proposed coming up, that's the one I give the least chance of happening in our life. Stop the day. I couldn't disagree more. Number one. When did, when are our people talking that the mercy rule would kick in? Well, the ballpark Because it can't thing, be after five. It no, would have no, to no. be after like seven. It'd be like a 15, they're saying like 15 runs after six or 10 runs after eight or nine. You know, it's yeah. scale uh, like that. But to say, here, how about when there are extra inning games, Mr. Vasquezen? Who does a terrific job, yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, how about all those commercials that run? Those run for free, I imagine. Right? Yeah, well, and how Getting about... those 14, 15 innings, you see all the commercials repeat on TV? How about when you have a game like that, though, too? Uh, when you have a game like that, there's more pitching changes, which means all more right. commercials earlier. And, and then you talk about the beer sales. Well, don't they cut off beer at seventh inning anyway? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was... Uh, a nice opinion, but I, I'm i not adverse to this idea. No, I'm not either. You know, I'm watching the game. It's nine to nothing. Okay, they mounted a little, and the fans were having fun, you know, and they got two, they got three runs, but it's crazy. You know what? Yep. I'm old school. You're old school a lot, Fred, but then, hey, I got no problem with no pitchers coming in. I got no problem with in the 11th inning, you start dinner with a man on second, you know. And, uh, that one I'm not as well, big of a fan of, but all right. anyway. Okay, but... Uh, I got no problem with the. I'd be mercy rule. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow people's minds. Make uh, sure you hold on to the steering wheel. I'd be more for I'd be more for ties than do, putting putting a guy at second base to start the tenth. If Adam Delavitt says we have to wear ties to work, I'm no, not no, doing no. it. I, I, I would never wear a tie, but. Uh, <laughs> I, but I would rather, you know, games tied. It's, it's after 11 innings. We were, we're, games tied, you're now uh, 65, 38, and 2. Well, no, you get a half a win. Yeah. It'd be 65 and a half and 30, you know, yeah. and a half. Just put it as ties. It's easier. You don't want to get into halves. I do. No, <laughs> not halves. Uh, I know we're running so late, like 65.5 wins and 23.5 losses. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred. Look at that. The best sandwich uh, in the Midwest, the pole. Oh, you're going to like this one when we return. I'm and I got hungry some anyway. It's almost noon. Yeah. How about Frank Thomas had some uh, good stuff on ESPN 1000? All right, home stretch real quick. The big old Frank Thomas on with the cap earlier this week. Miss a little, miss a lot. But he was talking about his uh, years of watching uh, Castellanos, Castellanos, Nick Castellanos coming through uh, Sox Park. Well, I just think the young Jen really stole the deadline with Nick Castellanos as a bat because uh, I've been watching this guy in the Central for the last few years, and he's a tremendous hitter. He uses the whole field. Uh, now he's in a lineup with a lot of good hitters that all the way around him, but you can't pitch around him. Uh, he's... he's Definitely had a positive effect on that offense right away, and that's what the Cubs uh, needed. Fred, you know, he the sure guy's has. always been a hitting machine. Yep. I, I've had him in my pool, fantasy pools. I think you did too, yeah, right? I always beat up on the White Sox. Uh, He's done it for years and years. He's so. a run per. He just drives the ball. Drives yeah. the, look at Detroit. They're about 30... 30- Games are more out of first place. Of course, he's, you know, who would want to do that every day? And that ballpark's... The ballpark the, really is a, a the deterrent. The Grand Canyon, it's yeah. huge. It's a big ballpark, and uh, he loves playing at Wrigley. Hit the ball the yeah. opposite way, there you go. But I would disagree about moving him number one. I like him. He's a run producer. Well, he, the only reason I'm saying it is because you got no one else. Oh, I know. If you're going to continue yeah. to bat Hayward there and then to have to complain about Hayward there, then put Castellanos there. Yeah. I mean, it's the end of the point where I'm starting to agree with people 
table. Put your best hitters at the top of the order. I just like to have it with men on base, but you can't have it both ways, I guess. Uh, all right. Well, at least you'd like to have Bryant bat with men on base. At least Castellanos would be on. I know right. he's on there anyway. But. You like this one for the Midwest favorite sandwich, all right? There's some, I am hungry. Some type of vote. Uh, the sandwich, this one brings people back to their childhood. You know what came in number one? Grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. I love grilled cheese. I used to have grilled cheese and tomato uh, soup. I tell you, we talked about this last week. Uh-huh. Butternut bread and Velveeta. Oh, man. I did that the other day. We had some butternut bread in the house. Dana was making some uh, casserole or something. You had to put white bread in it. I went to the store. I bought some Velveeta. Unbelievable. You can uh, find it. Huh? It's not easy to Italian find. Italian singles now. Shingles, singles, whatever yeah. they call it. You know, but, I liked it the other way. And uh, and then I put some peanut butter and jelly on the butternut white bread the next day. Oh, you see, it tastes, tastes the old school way when you put it on the white bread. Uh, the question for next week, what, what kind of peanut butter? <laughs> Jeff, Skippy, what are you doing? Second most votes was a grilled cheese sandwich. Then there was an argument because they didn't put hot dogs on. Because, no, hot dogs aren't a sandwich. I don't know. Would you call it a sandwich? Uh, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> want to thank all our guests today. We're Bread at, with uh, meat in it. Yeah. With Danny Evans. Ah, oh, that was great to visit with Danny. Mark Gonzalez, Cubs Guy Tribune, Dean Ellis, the iCubs, Iowa Cubs. Yeah, yes. Eric Ostrowski, all of his help. I'll be back tomorrow from 10 to 12. And I guess Chris Black's here tomorrow morning also. Right? I don't know if Abdallah's yeah, both, here. both Black oh, and Abdallah. They're both here. here. Cool. From 8 to 10 tomorrow. Miss a little, miss a lot. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.